All right, welcome everybody to episode 68 of the Collector Cast. I should have kept this topic for the next one, I just realized right now. <laughs> should have waited one more, but we'll go today. Um, so we're back with uh, everybody this time. We've got uh, Bill, Kelsey, and Chris all here at last. Uh, but before we get started, I just wanted to give a huge thank you to Eric and Pam. They both uh, joined and contributed to our Patreon. They're our first two members, and we super appreciate it. It's incredible. And I can't wait to hope, hope more people join. The Discord's a little lonely. We've got some uh, Destiny memes. We're throwing some Pokemon and vacuum cleaners around in there. So we, we could use a couple more people to liven it up, I think. That was a really good joke, though, to be fair. <laughs> Just based on the word Oryx, like, what's he going to do with that? And Chris didn't disappoint. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's it's awesome to see Eric in there. Um, uh, I've met Eric uh, several times. He's uh, uh, come to a few Retro World Expos and been... Um, you know, uh, involved in some of the, the shenanigans that's, that the RF Gen crew kind of gets up to when we all get together for an expo. And uh, Pam, same thing. Uh, I've met her a few times. Uh, she's awesome. Um, so, yeah, it's super, super cool uh, to have them be the first uh, couple in there. So, uh, yeah, really, really appreciate that. Hope to see you guys again soon once the uh, craziness uh, settles down just a little bit more. And uh, until then, uh, we got uh, tons of Batman to catch up on in that Discord. <laughs> yeah, so Batman lovers. Kick that dollar in and get involved because uh, you know these guys are itching to to jump on oh, that yeah. train. But uh, ready, yeah. It, it humbles me that people want to support us, and, and it, honestly, it always humbles me that people listen. So <laughs> thank thank you all very much. Appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you, thank you. Uh, so, Bill, you been playing anything since the last time? Uh, yeah. So I've mentioned on a few uh, previous shows that I was playing uh, Jedi um, Fallen Order. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, so, um, you know, got this, this, uh, you know, thing that I try to do at the beginning of the year where I always like commit and I'm going to, you know, like actually play some games and actually finish some stuff. So, uh, uh, it happens every year and at some point I fall off it, but I'm going to see how long I can keep it going this year. So I actually, you know, made time and, you know, tried to, uh, you know, schedule some, some gaming to actually get some gaming done. And I played a lot more of a uh, Jedi Fallen Order, uh, which has been great. Nice. So, um, uh, I did uh, take the difficulty down a little bit because it is the, the combat's pretty, uh, 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 or at least for me, was pretty intimidating up front. I did find that once I kind of like, uh, you know, figured out how to get, uh, how to read some of the enemies and things like that, there are certain planets that when I go to, I will pop the difficulty back up because if it's too easy, then it's just not fun to play. Um, but uh, but yeah, man, it's uh, it's it's really good. Um, and I, I've mentioned before, but. The game looks really, really good. There are actually some frame rate issues, um, uh, which makes sense because it's one of the best looking games uh, on the on the uh, uh, on the generation. I think um, I am playing, playing in performance on mode. Oh uh, no, uh, uh, on the Xbox. Okay. So I have a um, I have a One X, and uh, it, it looks and plays great. But just every once in a while, I'll notice the frame dip a little bit. And I am playing on performance mode, so it is even like dropping the resolution down at like you know a 1080 or like you know whatever the you know the equivalent uh, for a uh, performance mode is, um, and uh, I I think that they said something about uh, so EA Play got added to Game Pass. I don't know if it's like all games or just like a selection, um, but uh, and they had an announcement that said like oh it's going to be added. Uh, uh, EA Play for PC is going to be added like in January or something. 
So I was actually kind of holding up for a little bit because I was just going to switch to PC and play it there. But um, I think early on in January, they put they 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 were like, "Hey, sorry, like we're going to need more time." So like we don't know what the you know the the date is for PC. So I was like, "All right, off to the races. Just play it on play it on Xbox." Um, so it's fantastic. The voice acting's great. Uh, the the uh, performances are great. Um, the puzzles are great. Uh, it's, it's, it's just really, really cool. Like, and even like some of the subtle, like little things, like just the music, like I can tell it's not music from a star Wars movie, but there's like tropes of music in a star Wars movie that like, I didn't even realize were tropes. And, and now I'm hearing them in a game and I'm like, Oh yeah, that is a star Wars thing where you're just kind of exploring. And it's just these little, like, like doo, doo, doo. I, it's hard to explain, but like, <laughs> it sounds exactly like it would be like uh, in a star Wars film, which is great. There's kind of these big kind of set piece moments, um, which like, I'm not usually like an enormous fan of like in Uncharted where like you're like falling out of a plane and you have to like, you know, move around and like, you know, kind of navigate certain things like that. So there's a few things like that. Um, But uh, uh, it's just really cool, like getting upgrades and it's almost got like a little bit of a Metroidvania feel to it. I I hesitate to use that with a 3D kind of game like this. But there are like areas that you can't access that you gain these abilities, and then you can go back and you can access them. So it just kind of like gives me those those kind of same uh, same vibes there. And I've uh, heard that comparison too, yeah. Yeah, and 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 I hope it's not spoilery, but because I definitely didn't know it was going to be a thing. So if you're like don't want any any kind of uh, spoilers, then just like skip forward thirty seconds. Right, but you just headphones off. Can you say? But you pick <laughs> up, <laughs> but you pick up this upgrade. And then a second blade comes out of the bottom of your saber, and it's like, <gasps> and it like changes everything. So okay, headphones back on. You're now good. I'm good. I'm safe. Yep. Yep. Okay. So Secret it's just Mace Windu. That's the spot. yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you actually play the whole second game as Raiden. <laughs> so, <laughs> but no, it's it's just an upgrade that you get, and it just kind of like caught me off guard, and I was like, oh, everything's going to change now, and you can actually swap between those two modes, so it's whichever one you prefer. Uh, but and also like the droid companion you have, because um, it's hard to compete with like you know R two D two is obviously you know like iconic and so is three PO. They're not in this game, but in the in the you know the the trilogy that we recently got with uh, uh, BB eight, um, he's also very cool and and very you know uh, lovable. So the droid you get that goes along with you, his name is BD one, and he's kind of like a he's kind of like a biped, and he kind of has like a little bit of a Wally vibe to him. Just because, and or like almost like a cross between Wally and Johnny Five, um, so he yeah, still doesn't like speak totally. English where you can hear him, but just the way you know, and like it's really cool how like he's just always with you automatically, and like he'll like help you do certain things, and you can upgrade him, and you can like use him on zip lines and stuff. But it's cool, like you know that that gaming that kind of like that trick that developers use to kind of hide loading, but from one area to another, where like you'll have to like squeeze through an area. <laughs> And it just slows you down for like 20, 30 seconds. And you're like, there's definitely just loading happening right here. Like he jumps on your back when that's happening. And just like, he's kind of like trying to peek around your head. So like, there's all these like cool little, little touches. And like, I love that part about Star Wars where like people will speak, they'll be like English and then like Wookiee, but then English back to them. Like, like they're speaking the same language. So I love talking to the droid. And then he's like, boop, 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 boop. And then you just, Cal just answers him like, yeah, like, of course, like, why wouldn't you do that? <laughs> so <laughs> it's just really cool. I'm enjoying it a lot. Uh, it's, I I'm, think I'm pretty close to the end. There's four planets in the game, unless there's like a secret area that I haven't made it to yet, then I'm pretty far in the fourth planet. So um, I was actually hoping to finish it today, but we ended up just 
having like a nice uh, hangout with the fam, you know, clean the basement uh, uh, type day. So maybe tomorrow I'll get through it. And then I was actually thinking about maybe playing DuckTales. So we'll see. We'll see if I make it uh, if I make it over there. Both good choices. Yeah. What you, Chris? I know you've been busy at work. You had any game time? A little bit. Um, I've been trying to fit a few things in. Uh, first off, uh, Eden and I finished Human Fall Flat. So um, we actually finished the main game. I didn't realize, because it's kind of those things where you just keep falling to the next stage. Like, you finish a stage, you fall to the next stage. You don't really have any idea about how many stages there are. They're not numbered. There's no progression that tells you. So all of a sudden, you're just kind of like, oh, I guess that's it. But the way the, uh, the way the credits are done was really cute and to the point where Eden likes the credits so much. Like, the last save point it gives you is at this last stage that leads to the credits. She just goes back and replays this last stage with the credits over <laughs> and over and over because she enjoys how they did the credits so much. It's kind of fun for her. So, uh, again, I've, I've said it a million times, but great game to play with kids. A uh, lot of fun with that one. Um, there's a streamer that I watch, and he's been... Um, taking he he started eh, about maybe a month ago uh his first blind run of dark souls so uh watching him play has given me the bug again and so um (laughs) you lost it well constantly infected anyway uh so uh i i've started playing dark souls remastered on the ps5 i mean it's a ps4 game but i've been playing on the ps5 and uh and I just, you know, to make it different, gave myself a little bit of a challenge run. So I decided I'm going to see if I can, you know, like max out my weapon upgrades with killing like the minimum amount of bosses possible. Because the game really lets you go anywhere in the world, just about. And so I did it. There's only one required boss you have to kill before you get like the stuff to do the total upgrades. And so I did that first before I killed any other bosses. So I like, the maxed out weapons. And now I'm just going through and just stomping <laughs> Which is it's kind of nice though, because you go to some of these early bosses that you're not meant to be anywhere near that strong, and you're just like one, one or two hits, they're toast. So you just yeah. walk in and just totally annihilate them, which is very not Dark Soulsy, but uh, <laughs> it, it, it feels pretty good. I will tell you that. Just like okay, you're dead. Yeah. Okay, you're dead. Um, so I'm getting close to wrapping up that playthrough because you know these days I know where to go. It doesn't take that long uh, to do a Souls playthrough, but. Uh, it's fun. Uh, the streamer's name is uh, his streaming name is Middle Age Stream. He's a funny guy, but uh, he's gotten to the point where he kind of gave up on the total blind run pretty quick. So he accept, <laughs> he, he accepts help from chat uh, about where to go and stuff. So this is kind of fun to jump in and also see somebody else go through it. And uh, he's about done, almost. He thought like the other night that he was going to finally beat the last boss, and he tried a lot but did not. So. <laughs> Gwyn's tough. If you do, if you can't parry, Gwyn is tough. If you can parry, yeah. Gwyn is uh, piece of cake. <laughs> I can't. Yeah. I can't parry. Gwyn was tough. He can't yeah, either. I, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I but I, I do remember like you know learning a little bit of uh, of Dark Souls early on with uh, your assistance and uh, it I, I I'm, you know just in those like first like you know four or five hours just kind of wandering around that introduction area like the the difference between you know the first time you encounter just one of those skeleton guys versus like five hours later 
and like and I said to you, even like though I didn't get very far, and I said, you know, it, it you do feel yourself getting more powerful the more familiar you get, and I really do like games where knowledge is a currency and experience is a currency, and you I really really get that. Um, and the same thing with uh, uh with the uh, with Jedi, just to go back to how soulsy it is, like early on. You would you would see enemies, and I was like, oh, like can can I even do this, right? And then like you just get more familiar with it. I didn't get you know more health. I didn't get a better weapon. I just am better at fighting these things. So there there is definitely some uh, uh, some value in, in in the experience there. But uh, I uh, I wasn't able to stick with it. I got to whatever that fire demon who chased me up a ladder was, and that's about as far as I got. <laughs> so it's pretty early. Yeah. Um... Or lightning was it? Was it lightning? I'm not I can't remember how far you go up, but uh, yeah. it's I, I, the reason I like to go back to the first one more than the others is just simply because the other ones aren't structured the same way. And in the first one, basically, it's like go wherever you want. If you can hack it, you can pretty much just about do it. And so, mm. you want to go to some really hard levels right off the bat? Good mm. luck. <laughs> so uh, that's what I kind of like is because you can really tackle it in just just about any order you want, and that really adds a lot of variety. But you know, other than that. Um, Watching some streams. Um, Street Fighter League is wrapping up for the U.S., so the last week is, like, next week. And then they're going to have the playoff where uh, U.S. and Japan meet. And they're supposed to do that at Capcom Cup, which was supposed to be later this month, but with coronavirus. First, they had moved it to the Dominican Republic, but now they can't even do that. So it's all shut down. They're not going to have Capcom Cup this year, which is not terribly surprising. They're just going to have an online exhibition. Um which is going to happen towards the end of February. And so I'm looking forward to some of that. And then, you know, uh, the content update happens next week. So sounds like we're going to get Dan here soon in Street Fighter V. And then, finally. Finally. I saw, I, now I, it's I, I saw that in, in the, I just popped open Steam and I got like a little banner on top. Like, oh, like Street Fighter V, new stuff coming soon. I was like, ooh, wonder what uh, what Chris is excited for. Well, they've already talked about all the characters for this season, um, except for the last one. They haven't announced what the last one is yet. I don't think we'll probably get that drop, but I think we'll get Dan really soon, and this is uh, a balance update is happening next week. So this is where they you know, go in and nerf the really strong characters and make everybody mad. <laughs> are, are they are they super upfront with like this is exactly what we changed or because yes. like because with, with destiny like they'll be like because there's constant like balance changes so they'll come in and they'll be like we did this but they won't be really specific they'll say we reduced you know this and then people will like go in and test and like okay it looks like they reduced the fall off by 10 percent at eight meters but like they don't give you like the real nitty-gritty no street fighter will put out a very detailed document with it tell you like this move now starts with active frames on frame three. Oh wow! Six and then wow. frames have been adjusted to because I mean those kind of numbers are really important for pro players as they need to know well, all yeah. the data. So yeah, it's very they're very upfront about it. But of course, you know if if you like a particular character and that character yeah. gets nerfed, like Seth is the really powerful character right now, so everybody knows mm-hmm. Seth will get nerfed because everybody's right. playing Seth because he's too powerful right now all right yeah so you know the meta changes that's just the way it goes new yeah, char- yeah. whenever new characters come out they've got probably a good six months to a year of probably being unbalanced mm-hmm. but honestly the rest of it i'd say street fighter 5 is probably the most balanced street fighter right now i've ever played i mean mm. you can 
Yeah, some characters kind of suck a little bit more than others, but honestly, it's pretty level playing field. You could you can go pretty well with anybody you want. That's so, a yeah. big roster now too. Yeah, huge roster in that game. Hmm. Yeah, so I imagine we're probably you know we're definitely in twenty twenty one with Street Fighter Five. Will we see six in twenty twenty two? I don't know. I don't know. If we'll hear that. Um, so probably twenty twenty two, twenty twenty three, something like that. What is the rough amount of dollars that it takes right now to buy Street Fighter Five with everything, like the full package of characters? I'm gonna guess like uh, Champion Edition's probably like forty bucks, maybe something like that. I mean, uh, that's what I'm guessing. I mean, not knowing. Cool. Yeah, um, like the base game. If you just want total base game, I think it's been free on PS Plus before. Mm-hmm. So you know, if you just want to play and you've picked it up on PS Plus for, if not, it would be like. I'm sure it's insanely cheap. For the yeah, we yeah we had we had a couple of fun nights uh, when it was like a, like a free weekend. Uh, yeah. uh, and it's crossplay, uh, right yep. between. Uh, yep. So that's that's an awesome, awesome way to jump in. But yeah, that was a really fun night. They run sales all the time. So yeah, I you know if you're looking to get in and you don't have a copy, yeah, just pick up Champion Edition because you get everything. You won't get what's coming up in this new season with Dan and the other characters. I mean, you have to buy that pack, but. Champion Edition will get, get the damn edition. All the, <laughs> all the backgrounds, all the costumes, all the characters, just about everything. So nice, fun to goof off. Pretty cool. Yeah, see this. Uh, good to see them still running strong. Yeah, yeah. it's. Uh, I think what 2015. I think is when it came out. So they're doing pretty. Yeah, good. they're supporting it for a long time. Yeah, I think that's the way you got to do it because with the size of the communities that play those games, they're not like the destinies and things. You can't milk tons of dollars out of them so you have to make one that's got long legs to really yeah. well. it's yeah, smart no, not to a... push the sequel out so early too because then everyone has to move on kind of thing or you fracture it where some stay behind and some go forward and that's yeah. a problem i see yeah. like the mortal Kombat games it seems like they come too often but i wonder i don't know the last like three in a row i think the last three in a row have been the best-selling mortal Kombat's. like each time one comes out so <laughs> right seems to be doing they're doing it right, whatever they're doing. Right, but you, I wonder if their player base drops quickly because I can't see why they wouldn't just go with the have a base and then add on rather than put a whole new product out each time. I, it's just my hunch. I don't have anything to back this up, but I think they have a lot more casual player base than Street Fighter does. Might where be. people just like, oh, this is cool. I'm going to play this with my buddies for a month and then I'm not going to care about it. And they don't watch pro players and stuff like that. That's probably the case, yeah. Yeah. I'd say Street Fighter's probably a little more, probably less beginner-friendly if you've never been into fighting games. Yeah. No, oh, anything else, Chris, or does no, that do I it think, for you? Uh, other than that, I think, you know, uh, uh, yeah, I've not been a whole lot. Watching some streams, trying to sleep. Uh, <laughs> Watching streams <laughs> on trying to sleep. Yeah, I mean, that's... Uh, that's one of the thing when I can't when I don't have the energy to play a game I'll just put a streamer on and, and mm. just kind of chill and that's brain dead enough for me so I appreciate the people that yep. can do that and be entertaining because I look at it and I go like man these people are really entertaining to watch I would be terrible yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> terrible so I you know, kudos to the ones that can make it work yeah um, so I've just been trying to focus on NES again. Um, Chris and, and a couple other people recommended Star Force. They put up a little poll on my Twitter. So that took me a good week of practicing that one. And I ended up having to use like 
pause buffering strats to <laughs> finally get through it because it's a long game for a shoot 'em up on the NES. It's like 50 minutes long. There's like 25 stages in it. And right around the middle, it has this real spike in difficulty, like stages like 13 through 15, were like crazy, crazy hard. And I kept dying there, and I couldn't imagine how I was going to do another like 12 stages <laughs> after. But then when I finally beat stage 15, it like tones it way back down. And I, I, I got through there with one life left through stage 15, and then that one life got me through the rest of the game. Isn't that funny how, you know, balancing wasn't always a thing back then? Yeah, it's weird. Um, yeah, nothing special. It's okay. Yeah, it seems it's like early it's... Shima. I've never beaten it, but yeah, it seems like pretty just run-of-the-mill, you know? Yeah. It's got good... Uh, there's, like, no power-ups, but it's got a good ship speed. Um, if you're mashing, you can actually mash even without the... the... Oh, sorry, there's one power-up. It just, like, ups your rate of fire. Um, but even without it, you can mash it at a, at a decent speed if you're uh, physically quick enough to do it. And really cool boss music, even though the bosses are literally like three second fights, <laughs> so you don't get to enjoy it for long. But I liked the boss tunes. So, so not being familiar with the game and not being like a huge shmup guy, it's it's weird for me to hear like no power ups because I like I, the ones that I played the most, especially in the NES, were like the the life force and the gradius types, where like it's just like power-ups for days and like figuring out which combo you want or how many you should get before you uh, kind of check it in so this is just legit just like moving fire and that's all you got yeah like stuff like uh like Xevious or starship hector or star soldier like they're all just very basic wow. sky kid yeah they're all they're all the like pre-90s one like i know gradius was pre-90s as well but that's kind of an exception like it, that's why people like that so much when it came out because it was mm. pretty impressive when it came out compared to the other shoot 'em ups at the time gotcha but what is like yeah. star force like 85 86 something like that i mean yeah i think it's 86 yeah i don't know when it came out on famicom but yeah it's an early pretty one pretty early yeah, mm. yeah. Um, speaking of other terrible shooters, I also beat Top Gun Second Mission. <laughs> you, I was wondering man. where that how the intro was going to go for that. <laughs> you poor, poor man. Because like, you're but judging from your comment, uh, your reply to my comment on your uh, YouTube uh, video, uh, I had a feeling that it was going to go this direction. <laughs> well, everybody complains about the first one because the landings, you know, and they're not as hard as they rep have a reputation for it because mm -hmm. you just need to read the manual and it tells mm -hmm. you like you have to be at like i think it's like 288 miles per hour mm -hmm. so you have to be within like a five mile per hour range of that to like land on the ship and that's where most people did you didn't know that because you didn't read the manual and you just crashed every time because you could be going you know 700 miles an hour or 100 miles an hour <laughs> and either one of those would kill you mm -hmm. um so top on second mission though like it, it does not ease you into that game like you start and stuff's just coming at you from every direction, and everything instant kills you, like from the first stage <laughs> onward. So you just blow up, and you don't know why, because something came behind you and shot. So you have to kind of memorize when things are coming into the screen. So you're like, okay, someone's coming from behind this time, so I have to be like jeering hard to the right when they come in so that their missile misses, and then when they get in front of me, I can shoot them. And then there's like tanks or. Uh, uh, submarines depending on the level you're on that come from the front and if you don't kill them really really quickly if they get close to you then they just start shooting like dozens of missiles at you um, so once you figure out all those patterns and you get to the boss 
everything the boss does is also insta-kill, but the bosses have like multiple targets you have to take down to destroy them. So there's a lot of luck involved with the bosses. Uh, the second boss was a helicopter, and the first time I fought it, it was like, go, boom, and you just die. And I didn't see what <laughs> shot me. I didn't have a chance to move, like, because I was holding down, like, to, like, shift off, because I, I usually want to go, like, to the top of the screen, so I kind of get my bearings, and then I can go down and fight. But just instantly killed. Um, yeah, it's really mean. Once, once I finished the main game, thankfully it's only got three missions, so it's pretty short. Wow. Um, there's like a dogfight mode against the computer. So I did all those just for completion's sake. That wasn't so bad because the computer AI is kind of dumb in that in that mode. So I think that took 20, 30 minutes kind of thing. Isn't it weird that Konami made so much great stuff on the NES except those two turds of Top Gun games? I think if you look at their whole output, it's more like you know 75% good stuff. They got some other stinkers too, like... Jack Nicholas's greatest 18 holes of golf. And... That's golf. Yeah, <laughs> I mean nobody's like contra, going to contra like, force yeah! is not a good, got a good oh, contra. No, like, good there, there's things if you look around that aren't fantastic by all these guys. Uh, like, yeah, Capcom's got some stinkers. Nintendo has a surprising amount of games. That I think you'd be surprised at stinking our Nintendo published. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I mean you know like. Barker Bills and some of that yeah, stuff, you know. To the earth and like, yeah, there's some weird stuff. Yeah, it's the weird part because, yeah, it's like, there's hardly any Zapper games in Japan, like, like a few things. They made so many for the U.S. market. Yeah, we got a couple dozen of them here. Yeah. yeah. Um, I've been working on Qbert for the last probably about a week as well. And it is tough as well. How many when- stages? There's nine stages, and they all have four levels. My best run so far is stage 8-2. And I felt like I was getting really good, but I haven't been able to beat that 8-2 since I got that a couple days ago. So I'm going to keep trying, but there's a little bit of luck involved. Um, You can kind of anticipate when enemies are dropping, particularly Sam, who's the worst enemy. He's the little green dude. He drops to the top, and he changes the blocks colors from what you just changed them to and so you can have the whole thing just about done and you're jumping on the last square you need to jump on but he touches the one on the top first and then he walks all the way down and like just screws you over and you can like on on a on the late stages if that happens like you can lose five six lives trying to recover Uh. from just this one stupid pattern um and because the reason i was saying there's some luck involved is because uh there's always a 50 percent chance i'll jump one direction or the other so if he jumps the right direction you can cut him off and and kill him and same with the little green orbs that drop uh if you grab those they like freeze everything on the screen for like five seconds you can run around and clean up some mess um but if they if they do bad bounces you just you can't get them They, they go jump into a space where another bad guy is or just off the edge or they go into an area that you'll mess up worse if you try and trace them and so there's a little lack with how things are moving so i need a really good run where i'm on point and like paying attention to where everything is and also things are kind of falling into place for me with the randomness but i'll get there it feels doable it's it's not as unforgiving as some of the other really hard games i've played um i'd compare it more to like bump and jump where that one was really hard but it was also kind of fun like i'm, I'm enjoying cubert at least that's the tough part with those arcade ports because obviously arcade games are made to kick you off and take your money so when you bring yeah. those home sometimes it's like this is just not fun 
it's a good support. Like I, it plays really well. Um, the controls, there, there's like two options. And I was reading the manual, and the option it prefers you to play is to turn your NES controller at a 45 degree angle so that the D-pad lines up with the directions. And that <laughs> it, it's really hard to wrap my head around that. So I, there's another mode where you can just push the diagonals. Um, so push like left and down to go down and left kind of thing. So I just switch it to the secondary controller method and use that. It seems more comfortable. I can't tell you how many times I've had issues with the controls in like just, you know, not just retro, but like all sorts of games and I'll get like really far in and I'm like, oh man, I hate this controller. I hate this camera view or this and that. And someone will be like, well, did you go in the options to see if you can change it? No, of course I didn't do that. Like, why would I do that? And then you go in and I'm like, oh, I could have been having fun this entire time. So I gotta, I gotta get in the habit of doing that. Growing up when GoldenEye was really big, I had one friend who had played so much Turok that he would switch the controls <laughs> to play like Turok. But then there's like four of us or five of us. So when we're switching controllers and stuff, someone uh, would get stuck with the Turok and forget <laughs> to change it back. And we just wasted so much time going in and out of controller options. Damn uh, Turok. <laughs> God, Turok. Yeah. Um, and then my wife wanted to hook up the Wii here. So we Ooh. put the Wii upstairs and my daughter has been super into Wii sports. Um, so we played a bunch of the, bowling the OG tennis nights. Nice. Yeah. Very cool. I think about bowling a lot. She like, I had to help her for the first, like half of the first game until she kind of understood what she was supposed to do. And then she got really cocky. She's like, I'm going to do this. I know how to do this. And she's like, because she's been watching us for the last like five frames. So she's moving her guy over a little bit. I'm going to, mm. you know, spin the ball this way. Well. And first throw she does on her own strike. And she was so thrilled. She was like <laughs> bouncing and screaming. And she hugged her brother. And she's like, I'm so happy. And like top of her lungs. Uh, and then so like every day since then, she's like, we should go play bowling. We should go play bowling. And we're all kind of getting sick of it now, but she wants to keep playing it. So we've got her onto the tennis a little bit. We tried a game of golf, which she finished, um, but I don't think she loved. Um, so then I brought up Wii Sports Resort a couple nights ago, and we did some. She's really into the sword fighting. Mm. Uh, the wakeboarding was pretty fun for her. Um, we still got to try a few of the games in there. We did the 100 pin bowling on Wii Sport Resort, and that was a big hit. Mm. Um, Wii Music, she's played a little bit of, because um, you can just like mess around with different instruments and make cool songs. And then she started playing some Lego Batman with her brother, which was really fun to watch. You should drag out Wii Fit. Uh, my kids have fun with that one. Too. My wife pulled it out actually. So it's, it's upstairs. Yeah. I'm sure she'll get on that right away. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. All right. So let's get on to the topic, which is going to be Shin Megami Tensei. I'm very excited. I just finished reading the unofficial guide to Shin Megami Tensei and Persona games by Hardcore Gaming 101. Okay. So I've filled in some of my gaps, but I, I've honestly played a lot of the North American ones, so I didn't have too many gaps to fill. Uh, but it was neat to see all the Japanese side and stuff, and there's supposed to be Shin Megami Tensei 5 coming out this year. They actually announced it before the Switch came out, that it was like coming out in the, the, like 2017 is what was assumed when it was going to come out, and it still hasn't come out. <laughs> So eventually, I wouldn't be surprised if it gets delayed one more time, though. They just keep making spinoffs of the of five and things, right? So it's like, why bother? We'll just make money here. They do crazy spinoffs. This series is nuts with spinoffs. So before we start... As, as nuts as uh, Kingdom Hearts? 
probably more yeah with the dancing and some of the other uh they have a dancing stuff. one they have a fighting, fighting one. they've got uh, dungeon crawlers they got strategy like oh, wow. they got a pokemon kind of clone <laughs> it's all over the place um so what's both of your experience with them if you have any or, or maybe none bill have you played any shimigami games you know I've played a couple. <laughs> I, I know so, you've played at least one, two that I can think of. Yeah, so um, that might be the two, <laughs> the only two I've played. So uh, so before we start, um, I'll say, so when uh, when Kelsey uh, suggested this topic, um, I, you know, I'm all for it. Like, that's, you know, let's jump in. I said, I'm not, you know, super familiar. I said, is there anything you can give me, you know, for, like, homework? Like, I don't want to be, like, a dummy <laughs> about this. And, uh, and Chris, same thing. And Kelsey was like, no, no, I'd really like to just kind of go in and like, you know, we'll just uh, have a good conversation, even if you don't know like a ton about it. I said, all right. <laughs> so, um, my, my experience is a little bit limited. Um, I was familiar with the Persona games just in that knowing that they existed, um, just from working at like Babbage's and like Funko Land, like back in, uh, uh like the mid late nineties and um never played uh you know any of those games they were just kind of like weren't really on my personal radar like i wasn't in any circles with people that were telling me like oh you got to play this so it just never happened um and then uh i was on rf generation one day just kind of you know poking around just bored at work or something like that back when i had free time at work which uh is like amazing to think that that happened at one point <laughs> in the past um but uh and i noticed um our good friend uh sean gray ghost 81 uh, from the playcast just kind of chatting up a uh, persona probably with crabby or you know, having a conversation you know which one's better which one i like and i just kind of jumped in the conversation and i was like so 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 you know tell me about you know these games and like blah 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 and i think i had just recently gotten a vita and and sean was like absolutely like get persona 4 golden and just go for it so i got it uh started um i kind of pinged crabby and sean a little bit on the side just like hey you know i'm, I'm starting off very confused don't know what's happening <laughs> uh they're throwing a lot of exposition at me and they were both like stay with it you know stay there's a lot that comes at you but just you know it doesn't all need to make sense right away but just kind of stick with it so um uh in the persona games crabby is way more knowledgeable but in the ones that i played four and five um you're a high school uh you know age student who has some additional demony type things happening and you go back and forth between like you know different realms and there's you know there, there's just a lot of like moving pieces in in the early parts of these games um but you know by the time persona 4 let me start playing it because i like with these games there's always like a while where they're kind of teaching you the flow of the game and then you got to do this then you go to bed and then you wake up and you go to school and then do you want to do you want to go into the dungeon and you know try to you know rescue someone or do you want to go to bed Remember, you have to do it by August 31st. So, you know, so there's just a lot of things happening. It's not like Final Fantasy, which I was used to, where you can just grind for, you know, 15 levels and then be like, all right, let's just go do this. There's like, you know, a little more structure to it than that. Um, but yeah, Persona 4, I really, really enjoyed the time I put into it. Um, I didn't end up finishing it um, just because, you know, something got in the way, like whether it was life or another game or whatever, like I say a lot. But uh, and, and like I, when Final Fantasy says in the back of the box, like a hundred hour game, like they're not a hundred hour games. They're like no. 40 hours for the main story and like 20, yeah. 30 hours if you want to do all the quests. Yeah. When the Persona games say they're a hundred hour games. They're a hundred hour games. I, I remember reading... 
I remember back when I was uh, uh, like, in, I was, um, I think it's called boosting. Um, I just called it being into achievements, but like, uh, I think that the, the term that they use is boosting. Um, when I was back into that, I remember just looking up, okay, like, how, how can I get some achievements? You know, like, what's, what's a good way to do it? And uh, I looked, I, I had a couple of RPGs that were on my to play list. One was Lost Odyssey, and one was Blue Dragon. So both, I, both great games. Yeah, both great games. And I looked at like Lost Odyssey, and it was like, oh, you can get all these achievements, and you know, like forty-five, fifty hours, like something like that. And then Blue, Blue Dragon, Dragon, Blue Dragon, so it was like hundred and eighty hours. <laughs> and that one too, I because I remember trying to do all the achievements in that game, yeah. and there is a missable treasure mm-hmm. chest. And so when I looked up the achievement, I had already passed that point. And it's like, you just can't do it now unless you start the game over. Uh, oh, my God. I, I, the only time I ran into that, and, and it was around the, around this time that I decided, I don't care about achievements anymore. I'm just going to play for fun. Um, and the other thing that got me off that was just Super Mario uh, Galaxy, the fact that it didn't have achievements. And I had more fun playing that game than I had playing any other game <laughs> for, like, the past year, like, just looking for achievements. And I'm like, you know what? I'm in it for gameplay now. Like I'm off this achievement thing, but um, the the uh, the game was Final Fantasy uh, uh, 12, um, I believe it was. Okay. Uh, and you can remind me if you even remember, Chris. It, there was a there's an achievement for like getting like all the ultimate weapons, was or it, not achieve. Wasn't 12, wasn't twelve. Wasn't twelve. Was, uh, twelve was, was PlayStation. Yeah, so it must have been thirteen or thirteen two or something. Sure. Yeah. Is it is it the one where like. It might have been like to oh, get no. like 13's good. to get <laughs> no. no no thirteen's awesome thirteen's awesome you're wrong yep yep mute <laughs> so it I think it was like to get a uh, an ultimate weapon you there was like a chest that you had to not open and it wasn't like pointed out or anything it was just like in the middle of an area so like if you saw it of course you were gonna open it. There's so you one opened of those it in twelve, but yeah, yeah? No, so, achievement, no achievements in twelve, of course. R- exactly, yeah, because it was. Well, they did it was... The, the remake of twelve on PS4 and Xbox One. Yeah, they fixed that in the remake, though. Yeah. yeah. Oh, cr- so oh, so it wasn't intentional. I don't know if it was an original one, but they changed a lot of things for the okay. release. So gotcha. But but yeah, so uh, so so sorry to get a little off topic, but yeah, my so my experience with Shin games are just Persona Four uh, from the recommendation of uh, uh, Kelsey and Sean, and um, even though I didn't finish it, I, I really did enjoy my time with it. And uh, then Persona Five came out. I didn't have a PlayStation at the time. Eventually got a PlayStation. I played a handful of the exclusives that I wanted to play, like God of War. Um, and uh, Spider-Man, and I started Persona 5, and I really gave it a good shot, and I, same thing, like, I enjoyed a lot of the time I put into it, but I, you know, I I really, it started feeling like a bit of a chore for me, and I actually felt kind of guilty about stopping playing it, I told Kelsey about it, and he was like, honestly, like, you, you gave it a really, really good shot, like, don't keep playing it if you're not having fun with it, so, uh, so yeah, my, my experience is just Persona 4 and 5. 4 and 5. All right, Chris, have you played any Shin Megami Tensei games? I own quite a few. Um, uh, the only time I've put into any of them was the original Persona back on the PS1. I remember renting it a few times. Wow. Um, and so... What drew you to that back then? Because nobody knew about it back then. Um, I mean, it had a cool cover art. So, you know, it was yeah. like, okay, this cover art looks kind of cool. I've not seen something like this. So I remember renting it and not really enjoying it enough to buy it and uh that was the 90s and uh after that you know i've 
it's kind of those things where like I've intended to try to get back. I mean, I've I've picked up games, not like bought them new, but like uh, a couple of the PS2 games I got at a good price. I I've got like uh, the you know the PSP Persona Three uh, game, and so you like you pick them up and you get good deals. And you're like, oh, okay, yeah, I'll, and then you just don't. So. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I mean that's it. When I that's the whole thing. It's like when I think about this, I'm like, yeah, I kind of like RPGs. And then I hear people talk like you guys have just talked about, like, oh, there's hours of this and that where you don't really get to do anything. And I go, no, <laughs> no. When, when I think of you, I I don't think of Persona as like the Chris Shimigami game. I I think of some of the other ones you might enjoy a little more. Okay. Well, maybe yeah. you'll maybe you'll tell me, but that's my exposure, uh, and I have the Famicom ones, but obviously I don't read Japanese, so yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it just it surprises me a little bit too because you're a big like Final Fantasy and Dragon Warrior guy, and like in Japan, like that's the third pillar. It's like Dragon Warrior, Final Fantasy, and Shimigami. But you have to understand Final Fantasy and Dragon Warrior. I mean, is there story? Yeah, but I mean. You spend a lot more time playing, like right, fighting mm-hmm. monsters, exploring dungeons, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. The story is kind of like, yeah, sure, there's a story, and you'll have pieces of it. And mostly, the Final Fantasies I like are the older ones that don't have mm-hmm. a lot of clutter, right? So, it's the gameplay that I like. And you know, when you start a game up and you're like, really, I have to like, I have to go through all of this. I mean. Sometimes I don't have the patience. That was like the Wolfenstein game that came out a few years ago. A friend let me borrow it, and like there was so much story crud up front, I just ended up turning it off. <laughs> I'm like, I don't care. I don't care about this stupid guy whose name is B.J. Blaskowitz. I mean, I don't need to know this guy's story. It wouldn't let me skip it. So I was like, okay, I'm done. I'm out. Yeah, that's that's kind of what I what I liked about uh, uh, Doom. Um, uh, the, uh, the remake when like, you know, whenever there would be like some, st- like they, there was story in there, but like, there were so many times where like, like story would try to come in and then Slayer would just like slam whatever was talking. Like, like let me just destroy, yeah, right? let me just destroy this and just continue slaying uh, things, which I think was kind of like a little bit of like taking the piss out of like games that put too much emphasis on story. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, and, and I had the same experience in, uh, uh, you know, like I just said with, uh, with the persona games I played and like, I'm willing to kind of push through that because I've gotten over that barrier or that, you know, hump or whatever you want to call it before. And then when a game starts letting me play it and I can kind of figure the systems out, I'm like, okay, like I am kind of glad I have that, you know, that uh, primer on, you know, kind of some of the systems, but uh, it, it doesn't always click. So it, it th- those two games took an especially long time compared I, to like what a game will normally. To go on another small tangent, I was just talking with a buddy locally uh, a few days ago about the Xenoblade Chronicles games and he, he just started playing Xenoblade Chronicles 2, which I'm a big fan of. And he, he messaged me and he's like, I am 60 hours in and I just got a new tutorial. He's like, That's a problem. <laughs> it's so funny. Yeah. yeah and, 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 so, and sometimes I don't even realize how much story is being thrown at me. Like I remember playing, uh, again, th- I will apologize. It's the last tangent I'll go on for the next hour. I remember playing Metal Gear Solid on the PlayStation and just loving it and not really realizing how much story is being thrown at you. And then, like, I finish the game, and it's, like, you know, 12, 15, like, whatever hours, however long it is. And then I look at, like, some of the, uh, you know, not achievements, but, like, back then it was, like, oh, like, if you want to get, like, the higher ratings, it was, like, to get this rating, you have to beat the game in, like, 
90 minutes or whatever. And I'm thinking, how can you beat this game in 90 minutes? And then when you strip out all the codex stuff and like all like the times where just heads are just talking to you, there's like an hour and a half of gameplay in this thing if you just like <laughs> play straight through. So it's always crazy to, to just see like how much time is spent on story. Yeah, sure. I mean, for me, if maybe 90, 10, if you start, if you get past that threshold with story and non-interactive pieces, unless I'm really in the mood for it, I'm pretty much out. Yeah, I I think of games that I've played with you that we both enjoyed that were like Far Cry and like, uh, uh, like Breakpoint, or not Breakpoint, what was the other, Wildlands, where it's just like, they'll throw a little bit of stuff at you, and it's like, all right, now you play. Now you go. Here's your sandbox. Like, go do it. So yeah, it is. Uh, that's 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 typically what I see as like uh, Chris's uh, wheelhouse. Yeah, or like mm-hmm. uh, I like the ones where like or like the Bioshock games, right? Yo, it's playing something to you while I'm doing something else, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, or or Border, like, Borderlands. Or like the Far- Borderlands is bad at yeah. that. Where like like, like an games, right? It's it. Like the yeah. radio comes on or something, uh, but I'm still doing something. Yeah. Right? I'm okay with <laughs> yeah. that. It's it's not the Put your controller down and yeah. watch my movie for the next 20 yeah. minutes. No. Yes, unskippable cutscenes. Uh, yeah. So you're saying storytelling peaked with Ninja Gaiden. Is that right? Yeah. Ooh, those <laughs> little cutscenes, yeah. Because you could skip them. You didn't have to watch it. That's what I'm saying. Well, you know, like, I, my, uh, I don't my kids, the dead horse, but Dark Souls, I mean, like, the number of cutscenes mm. you have in Dark Souls, it's probably like a couple minutes, maybe, mm. out of the whole game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my my kids skip every single thing that can be skipped, and I'll say to them too. I'm like, guys, you're not going to know what's going on, and like they look me dead in the eye, and they're like, I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> Bunch of Chris's in training. I, I'm, yep. not, I'm not that bad, but I right. mean, I just you know, I I know what my threshold is. So gotcha. Okay, so we've got some light persona experience with with you two gentlemen mm-hmm. so that's kind of int- i didn't know that you played the original persona which is interesting um so a little trivia i'll, I'll put you guys on the spot throw a guess Ooh. at me do you know what the first shin megami game released in north america was released in north america yeah i'm gonna guess it was probably something that got rebranded to something else but um yeah, I mean, obviously the first ones that I know about were like the PS One stuff, like uh, Persona. I'm, I'm sure there's probably something else like on Super Famicom or something got rebranded. But that's a good guess. Uh, you got any guesses, Bill? Um, I mean, I know there was a I know there was a game called Shin Megami Tensei, but I don't the, know there if there was one before that, in, that. Like, it's been around since 1986 in oh. Japan. Gotcha. It has not been that long in North America. No, I mean, so I'm guessing it wasn't Persona One. No, earlier okay. than that. Okay, yeah, then no, I wouldn't. I couldn't tell you. So it was Jack Bros on the Virtual Boy. No, isn't that weird? <laughs> we should have had Dickman on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> is it is it is it branded on the cart? Does it say it? No, but it, it's got uh, Jack, on the. So and they, they changed Megaton. Yeah. Jack Frost, uh, Jack Ripper, and Black Frost, I think, are the three on the cover. But wow. they changed the cover art here, so they look nothing like they're supposed to. Mm. Yeah. Um, so typically, with a Shin Megami game, that, that one's kind of a spinoff, so I was just throwing that out there for fun. 
But typically, um, these games all revolve around uh, like demon collecting and using them as part of your battle system. Um, it's kind of a common thread through all of them. And they all do different takes on it. Uh, some of them, like after Pokemon exploded, they, they kind of borrowed a little more from that. But before Pokemon, and I think even before Dragon Quest really started doing like the monster recruiting, um, this was like the big one. Um, and the other ones, both of those games like overshadowed it big time and they've borrowed from it since um, because it's really archaic. Uh, if you've ever played any of the like Devil Summoner games or Shimigami Tensei Nocturne, um, you recruit demons by having conversations with them. And the conversations are so bizarre <laughs> and nonsensical that you never know if you're doing it right or not. And it just seems random. And thankfully, like in the Persona 3 Onward games, um, they've kind of figured that out and merged that back into the main series. So like Shin Megami Tensei 4 and Strange Journey and stuff that have come out on, on the handhelds, uh, they've tweaked the recruiting so it's a little more easy to figure out if you're doing the right thing or not. Because mm. in the other ones, like one time you'll you'll talk to the guy and he'll seem really aggressive and he'll want you to like try and fight him. And then if you try and fight him he's like all right i like this guy he's a tough guy give me some money and i'll join your team and then you do the exact same thing to the exact same type of demon the next time and he's like screw you why are you trying to hurt me um and it's just it's really bizarre so i um, you know it's so you're talking about like like in the in the battle system like when you're fighting and then sometimes at the end of uh, of an encounter like you'll have like that that dialogue will just uh, start up um, yeah, and some of them, um, there's a specific command to recruit them. But yeah, mm. other ones, it, it just happens on its own. It's like an auto script yeah. thing, and you have like a random chance for it to happen. Because it definitely happened in 5 to me a bunch. I don't remember it happening a ton in 4, but I remember like trying to look up what some of the solutions were because just the dialogue starts... And they're like, okay, because like you're about to kill them. So you're like, all right, like not enough. I never thought this would happen to me. And then you have like four or five dialogue options. And I'm like, uh, <laughs> so, <laughs> and, and they, you know, they're not like obvious. It's not like, okay, you know, like come with me or I kill you. It's like, you know, there's three or four different things. So like you throw something at them and then normally they'll say something back to you. And then you got to respond like, again, like at least one more time. And I remember doing this and just like you said, the same enemy type would say like like I feel like I've gotten this option before, but like it's it's it never felt straightforward to me. And I remember looking up, okay, like how do I recruit this guy, persona this? And like a lot of the guides were like, Give it your best shot, dude. Yeah. <laughs> Just... yeah. That is exactly what it's like. Yeah. Um so I should actually rewind for for a second. So my first persona or my first Shimagami Tensei game was Persona three which mm. I just picked up uh, doing like a local Craigslist deal and it looked interesting on the cover. So I tried it out and like was instantly hooked, fell in love with it. I got super lucky and I found four at another Craigslist deal, like a couple weeks later, right when I finished three. So I jumped into that. And then a friend of mine who just adores like anything JRPG, he, he plays through tons of series with, with various friends uh, but I was talking to him about Shimigami games and how I wanted to play more of them. And he's like, I've always wanted to. So we started on Nocturne and we've done the Devil Summoners. Uh, we've done, we're, we're working on the Digital Devil games right now, but because of COVID, we've had to put those on hold, unfortunately. So I'm planning to get back into those. 
Um, and he's he's done the personas on his own too. So we we text each other a lot about personas or, or about uh, Shimogami games. Mm. Um, yeah, the, so the demons are a huge part of every Shimogami game. They have to do with the with the battle systems that are like directly tied into it. So in most of them, you are summoning one or more demons, and they're they're kind of like your party members. Persona is the exception where you kind of inhabit the the demon as well. So mm. so you do have like physical combat with your character, but it usually sucks, and you have to like summon your persona, which is a different demon, to come out and do like the battling for you. And that's where you get all your like your spells and your your buffs and your debuffs and kind of things like that. Mm. So the part of the battle that I think would appeal to Chris specifically is um, they've all got this thing um, it's called the press turn battle and, and every Shimigami game kind of uses a variation of it where you've kind of got your battle order of who's going to attack next on the top of the screen so it'll be like bad guy, bad guy, player one, player three and then another demon and if you hit the bad guy with the correct weakness, so if he's weak to lightning attacks and you use a zio spell on him you're going to stun them so you'll see their meter like drop down or their icon on the top sorry will drop down the list so you'll get another additional attack before that guy gets to go again um, and vice versa if you use a thing they're very strong to so if they're they have a, a buff to uh, wind spells and uses on on them it will it will give you a negative effect. It'll just cancel your turn out, and you don't get to go with that character this turn. And if the enemy hits you with what you're weak to, they get a bonus turn. So there's a lot of risk reward and figuring out who's weak to what that makes the game really fun. And it kind of reminds me of like the uh, like the bravely default <coughs> battle system where you can be super aggressive or you can be uh, you know. T- t- stock up some turns kind of thing uh, it's kind of similar to that um say, yeah, like, i've like, played some other rpgs that do similar things in terms of turns and you see turn mm-hmm. order and you can do things that can bump turn order and that plays really important into it so yeah i've seen that kind of system used in other places yeah, yeah. i i love that Didn't system final um, fantasy 10 even have something that was like that yeah, so that I was just thinking about that. And I was going to say that it's um. So you definitely have turn order up there, and then um, it's a lot more about like the type of enemy. So like there'll be like you know like little lizard guys that like are kind of like just on the ground and running around, and uh, 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 Titus is best with for those guys. You'll have like kind of like armor plated things that are on the ground, and Orin, you know, with his big uh, sword can hack those. Then the flyers are Waka, and then you know like there's the elements that like you know Lulu. So like it's a lot more about like this guy always does this, this girl always does this, and you have your white mage, kind of stuff like that. My experience with Persona 4 and 5, just like Kelsey said, is, like, your physical combat is, like, last resort. Like, uh, it's going to do, like, 2%, you know, damage. It's going gonna, it's gonna to chip away at them. But if yeah. you find out what that weakness is, and you have a Persona on that character, that so, like, if, if they're, like you said, if they're weak to... And that's the other thing that took... It was a little bit of an adjustment, because... Being a dumb American, like I want my fire spells to be called fire, and my oh, lightning yeah. spells to be called lightning, and they're all different than that. So when you get familiar with it, it gets it gets easier. But it's nice that they have little icons, so like I can tell, okay, air, lightning, you know, fire, that kind of stuff, you know, purple, whatever they call it, like, the void, um, or gravity, or, or whatever it was. So um, once I kind of figured out, 
And it's cool because you can't always scan the enemies, but if you, you know, use the wrong element on them, then it'll kind of like fill in that, uh, you know, piece of information for you in the future, which is nice. So, so, like if you're... so the newer games do that, which is really nice. The, oh, like, the older games. The no, ones do not do that. No you dice. <laughs> or, or like, you know, get the pen and paper out, you know, just, okay, this, yeah. this guy for this. But the cool thing is once you do it right, it's so much more effective that it's like you it's it's so worth doing it that way because uh uh not only do you do you like you know get that really like uh, uh increase the power on the attack um you get um do you get the additional every time you hit that or it's just when you defeat it an enemy with that the you get the one in, more in okay. persona you do yeah yeah so so like for me like when you did that it was like just like you could just run the table on on the enemies if you were doing the right thing, and they would never get a hit in on you. Whereas, like most games, you just hit attack, 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 attack. You just end up getting kind of killed. So I remember early on thinking like it was. It reminded me of Final Fantasy X in the sense that like in like seven and eight, you just kind of like you know hit your you know your X button like whatever it was just to get through the fight. There was enough emphasis put on like thinking about what you had to do in the battle, like that reminded me of ten. That I was like, okay, like the battles are actually kind of cool and they're engaging, and like I like what's going on in them. But uh, it as as it progressed further and further, I, I started to realize, okay, I don't have all the things that I need to fight these guys, and that's where it comes in, like learning skills, forgetting skills, getting new guys, teaching things. So the systems kind of started to elude me a little bit as I got a little <laughs> bit further. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. Um, so usually when you enter a dungeon, they're incredibly hard up front because you don't know what abilities you need for that specific dungeon. If there's a lot of lightning-resistant guys or wind-resistant or ice or whatever. Um, and then as you get later into the dungeons too, um, you'll get you'll get like a nice spell that hits like everybody. But they'll start putting like, you know, these four are weak to ice, but this fifth guy is strong to ice. So if you use it, you won't get the boost <laughs> that you want. So you got to go to do them individually. Um, that's one of the things I like is the, the fighting is never like you just can't go in. Even if you're over leveled, mm. um, you can't just go in and just mash fight and get the experience. Like you always, always have to pay attention or any fight could be deadly in those games. Mm. Yep. Um, what Bill was saying about like the managing the skills is another thing that brings back to the demons. Uh, is you always got to make sure you've got uh, a variety available because yeah, you're going to run into guys who are just immune to everything except for one type. You got to mm-hmm. make sure you've got that, you know, light spell or dark spell, which aren't used super often, but you want to have them in there. And in order to make sure you've got uh, a very varied team and that's all, leveled up because the the demons never level up at the same rate that your character player does they always level up much slower so you each game has a different take on it but you take them to somebody and they will fuse demons together um, and create a new demon so you'll take two that you've kind of under leveled and put them together to make something that's on par with where you need it to be and when you do that you can also manipulate the skills you're bringing over to the new one so you've got your fire guy and your ice guy, put them together. You've got a new type and you can like throw a fire move and an ice move on that one. So you get a little more variety in your spell types the further you go down the game too. Um, and so like like you also said, like they're all weird names, but they've got most of your basics. They've got your lightning, your wind, your, your uh, well, they call it wind, they call it force. Mm. Um, your ice, um, light, dark spells. You've got your like healing and your 
your buffs and your debuffs and your uh, status effects and stuff like that. <coughs> it's all there. It's just got a really bizarre naming system that'll that'll take some getting used to. Mm-hmm. On, on top of and the other thing with the naming is just being just Japanese in nature and a lot of the, at least the games that I played taking place in Japan, they don't try to make it easy on you just because you're like an American and name people things like Greg or Tony. Um, like everyone's names are as if you were in Japan and it, it takes a, some getting used to because I'm just not used to remembering, you know, the different variety of names that they have there. So the, the visuals like associating names with the uh, faces is helpful for me. Um, but, uh, 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 and just to go back real quick. So you said every game has its own take on how you get these demons, uh, you know, kind of get them, get them fused. Is the velvet room a staple in all personas or, or no? Yes, in just Personas, but in other games, like in the Devil Summoner games, uh, instead of going to the Velvet Room, you go to this underground basement, and there's like Victor Frankenstein is there, and he has like two cages that are like electrified. You're like physically putting your demons in and like zapping them until they like merge into a third (laughs) cage. Is it legit Victor Frankenstein or like a Frankenstein-esque type character? No, it's it's legit Victor Frankenstein. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. I didn't know that. Ah, yes. Uh, what hump? <laughs> so, yeah, and like in uh, Digital Devil Saga, you go to these shrines, which are like, they're called shrines, but they're like computers. And you're, you're kind of uploading like uh, demons and, and fusing them digitally kind of mm. thing. Um, so each version of Shin Megami has its own way to do that, but they all have some way you can like fuse demons into new demons, which is kind of neat. Yeah. Nice. Um, you mentioned um, them all being in Japan and that is definitely a common theme through all of them Um, I think maybe Digital Devil is the one exception because it's like a not Earth kind of place but every other Shin Megami game I've played um, you're in Japan and there's typically a post-apocalyptic event has happened uh, or in the Persona case is about to happen Mm. and you're trying to prevent it that's definitely a common theme that runs through them and like you said they don't ever sugarcoat it it's always very japanese so you you get used to um like (coughs) shibuya as in in almost all the games uh, akihabara (laughs) ginzo like a lot of like famous locations in japan keep showing up again and again and again in these games and, and they like to take different versions of them as well um and they also mostly take place in a somewhat modern time it's a few exceptions but they're typically like when the game came out like that's the time that the game takes place in uh like devil summoners like the 1920s um and i think strange journey you're just you're like in space but most of them you're you're in japan in the 90s or the 2000s kind of thing which is just kind of neat for uh for role-playing game because they're all like high fantasy yeah, right. Yeah, even if it's like you know, like a, a whether it's like a, like a steampunk or a cyberpunk, you know, whether whatever version it is, it's normally some mystical land in the you know the world of Spira or you know like Midgar, like you know whatever it is. So it is kind of interesting to see it. Just like you're in Japan and you got a cell phone and you're going to school, you know. So it's, yeah, it's not something. And you your see weapons are places. like bats swords guns like things that you would legitimately have access to and when you go to the store to like buy new weapons you just 
go to the store <laughs> and like there are the weapons you know so it's not like yeah. a you know like a random vendor it's like you go to the shopping mall and like you go where you would if you were just going to be shopping so that was kind of yeah. cool I'm pretty sure or the yeah. pharmacy for sure for uh, like healing items school kids can't just go buy guns i'm pretty sure you the, can't go buy like guns in the persona in games like you go to the weapon guy and he kind of does it like under the table like he's not supposed to like they, they try and work it in there like there's a way this could happen but yeah you're, you're absolutely right I was gonna say, i'm pretty sure guns are pretty hard to get in japan yeah, yeah. um so have you played any persona 3 chris no no so that that one guns play the biggest role out of the persona ones um and you might have just seen the like uh videos from it where the kids like shoot themselves yes. in the head and the persona comes out the other yes. oh okay that does not yeah, seem just, like a good idea no but the visual is very strong and i think that's part of the reason that that one took off in particular because mm. i don't think anybody knew about shimigami games until persona 3 that was like the breakout game mm. I don't know if you want to take impressionable teenagers that may be having some issues already in life and go, hey, here's this cool game where the guy shoots himself in the head and magical creatures come out. <laughs> and I think they realized that and they backed off from that in the future Persona games after that. Maybe that was a bad idea. <laughs> um, a common theme through, the, through all the games, too, is they usually have like a... Uh, a neutral, a chaos, and a law like path you can go through, and it's really, really cryptic in the older games. You, you'll get like dialogue options that have two choices, and one of them will be chaos and one of them will be neutral, but you'll have no way of knowing which one's which. And it like hi it like tallies them in the background of the game while you're playing, and so you'll get a couple dozen of these as the game goes on, and then your ending will change depending on which ones you do. So, like, playing Shimigami Tensei Nocturne without a guide and trying to get a specific ending is nearly impossible. You, you kind of have to literally have a pen and paper and, like, tally, like, okay, that was a chaos, that was a law, that was a chaos, <laughs> that was law. It's because neutral is typically the, like, the canon ending. So to get that, you have to, like, stay right in the middle, which is, like, so hard to do. Um, when we were playing Nocturne, we wanted to kind of do everything. So there, there's like uh, Dante from Devil May Cry is a secret character in that game. And he takes a lot of very specific questing to get him unlocked as well. Um, so we, we put tons of time into that one to get both him and the neutral ending. And I don't know how a person figured that out, like to even write the guide. Like it is so obtuse and, and weird. Do you think that's done to try to give everybody their own experience? Or, I mean, why do you think it is? Absolutely. Way? Yeah, I think that's absolutely right. Um, they, they've made it easier in the newer games, but I, I think that was probably the intent back then. Yeah, like they don't want you to try to go for a certain ending. They just want you to play the game, right? Yeah, yeah. And, and just see yeah, where you end up of your own actions, the own decisions you've made. Sure. Yeah. Kind of like the David Cage um, thing, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, just like that. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I've I've always been a big, big, big fan of not like specifically trying to go for an ending, just doing the things in the game that you're going to do, and it's like this is the ending I got. Um, so I I remember the 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 David Cage thing where he kind of said the same thing, but then at the same time there's like achievements in the game or trophies, whatever you want to call it, for like getting each of them, and it's like uh, it just feels like weird to. Yeah. 
yeah, to kind of say both say it both ways. I think they Sony and them really make them do that. That's probably not <laughs> they, him, they, him going. Yeah. Oh yeah, let's put trophies in for everything. Well, they they make them put trophies in, but I, you would think the develop because the developers have to program in like a trigger in the game that triggers yeah. it, so they probably have some say over you know like what trophies are in there. But at the same time, you know, it's they don't want to just have like three or four trophies, like finish the game, you know, thousand point, you know, whatever uh, level trophy it so is. I'm but... that all the Quantic Dream games though are Sony products, right? So yeah, right. I'm gonna imagine Sony goes, yeah, this is what you're gonna do. <laughs> we have some thoughts <laughs> you like those checks you're cashing okay this well, is what we need yeah um bill from what you played in persona 4 and 5 how did you feel about the soundtracks so um going in i knew that the persona games had soundtracks that are uh um uh, desirable um just being in the uh uh the video game vinyl um you know the circles um where i'll be on like you know like just different re- uh, uh you know reddit posts and stuff like that where people are talking about like oh is this going to get re-released is this going to come out and persona is just one that constantly comes up so i was ex- you know i don't know what i was expecting but when i started playing persona 4 i was probably expecting something along the lines of what i'd heard in other uh, you know jrpgs which is as a Final Fantasy guy and a fan of um, uh, Lost Odyssey, like I think I was look, I was ex- kind of expecting that kind of traditional like uh, Nobuo uh, type of music, uh, and it's not. <laughs> it's, it's not that at all. It's it's like jazz and funk and fusion and like kind of progressive. And I remember thinking that like it was really interesting and it like kind of fit like uh, um, uh, the mood and the tone of the game, like to kind of uh, you know. Uh, get your get you in like the the right headspace like where they wanted you to be and uh, i could see how people would really be into it um i remember i mean i can even though i didn't play like a ton you know i played a good amount of persona 5 but like i can like sing like the like the battle theme <laughs> and like when the when it would end like so it's like it's very catchy very jazzy, kind of like it's hard for me to describe. But like I said, like kind of like this fusiony, like funky, progressive uh, jazz. And I remember just kind of like you know grooving to it a little bit. And I remember asking uh, Kelsey just kind of off it, you know, uh, just prior, you know, to even knowing the show was going to happen. I was like, so hey, would you, it looks like they're going to be re-releasing because the Persona Five vinyl is like I think it's like a five or six uh, uh, LP box set. And you know, hundred, hundred fifty dollars, something like that. So it looks like they're going to re-release it. And it's like, oh, Kelsey, they're they're putting this right this back out. Would you want to get this? And you said something that you say for a, a lot of games where uh, that, that you've told me before, where you say, I like the music in the game. Uh, I enjoy listening to it in the game. It's not something I'd listen to outside of the game. And just knowing what I know about your musical tastes, that that kind of fits like right in uh, uh, the way you describe that. But uh, but yeah definitely not what i was expecting there is a lot of so that being said that music the jazzy music is kind of like the the stuff when you're in like the main world because when you switch over to like the dungeon or i don't know what they call it in different versions of the game or or different shin megami games whether it's like you know the dark side the upside down like whatever like the alternate it's got a different name in every single game i would assume yeah so when you're in that like other world um it's very ominous very you know kind of like like exactly what they're going for like otherworldly when you go to the velvet room and like it's it's kind of has this like safe feeling where like 
you kind of have that this, like, song i listen to outside of the game i love yeah. velvet room song. yeah yeah velvet room song is great yep exactly yeah it almost sounds like it doesn't sound like exactly like a castlevania song but like kind of that like feel where it's oh, like melodic yeah. and and just kind of like uh, you know flowing and waltzy almost so um but yeah it's um there, there's enough variety where it's kind of cool because they are kind of uh uh, going between different worlds and like you know modern and kind of like this uh, uh switch into kind of the dark side type but uh it was way like for the most part it was jazzier than i would have expected like knowing kind of the subject matter of the of whether they're trying to go with it so even the non-persona games I, I wouldn't call them necessarily jazzy but there's like always like a really interesting like groove to all the songs um they they always yep. feel a little funk, more funk funk might be a better yeah. word than jazzy but like somehow i'm no, struggling like, persona to... like there's definitely yeah. some jazz in, wow. in the persona games but like mm-hmm. thinking back to like devil summoner and nocturne like there's still like really thick like bass lines and really mm-hmm. groovy and that and they always uh have like a strong electric guitar in most of them too uh, mm-hmm. especially for the battle themes um and and i love them like they really do help set the atmosphere and sometimes i think like oh this is great and then i throw it on youtube when i'm at home and i'm like like without the rest of the experience this is doing nothing for me <laughs> and like the style of five where like you're in the battle and then the battle's over and it's almost like the screen's being like painted like red and black with like the different like uh like effects that they're trying to do and then the song comes in and that's part of like that whole mood right like that like yeah. the, the funky bass comes in and like the you're like you know you won you did the thing like here's the the yen you get and here's this and that but that's that's part of that whole you know experience uh, uh with the music uh bringing it in there too yeah, um, it really ties the atmosphere of the games together, and, and like that goes across any of the Shimigami games. Um, they've all got these really unique, interesting soundtracks that fit the atmosphere of that specific game really well. Um, like the Devil's Summer games, like being set in the 1920s, somehow the music like feels like of that era, even though it definitely is not. Um, but it's like an alternate version of that era, right? It's like one where demons are infested and the world's about to end and there's like some technology that probably doesn't exist there. And so so somehow they make it all work and I, and I never can figure out how, but it, yeah. but it feels good. <laughs> all right. <laughs> so, like, like, sorry, what's that, Chris? So do they bring in um, new artists every time or is it like, because uh, I know like, you know like Final Fantasy, you know you're going to get like a new Amatsu soundtrack, right? Or at least part of. And... So is it like the same artists that go throughout the series, or do they bring new blood in all the time? So I, I'm going to be a little ignorant with my Japanese here because I, I do not remember most of the development team's names because they're foreign to me. Um, but from my understanding is a, a lot of the main games from the 90s and the early 2000s, um, they did have the same composer. And for the Persona games, I think from 3 onward, they've had the same composer, but after three blew up they've had guests come in and do some additional music in in like four and five that that's i think that's what's been going on there i could be a little off there but something along those lines yeah i I just pulled it up real quick just while you were talking there and yeah it's uh so it looks like uh shoji maguro if i'm saying that correctly um and looking at the credits here uh yep persona two four uh q five um and then some of the spin-offs, like the Dancing in the Moonlight, Dancing in the Starlight, and there's a little note on each one of these on the side where it'll say like uh, with 
uh, you know, this person and with this person with this person. So it looks like you're right. It, so it is the same composer, and then they bring in some uh, some additional talent for maybe a little bit mm. of a of a flair, well, like a different style. Specifically with the dancing games that you mentioned, they have a bunch of people come in and do like remixes and, and covers of oh. songs from the Persona games too. So, nice. Yeah. So every time you guys mention yeah. Velvet Room, I'm just thinking of like the place you would go get the private dance at the club. <laughs> so I don't know what, what is the Velvet Room. So that's what it is. The Velvet Room is a special room just to the Persona series, uh, where your buddy Igor is, and he and he's an important character to all the Persona games. Uh, he kind of has information that helps drive the plot, and he helps. Uh, your, with your demon fusions that Bill and I were talking about earlier. <clears throat> so the Velvet Room takes different forms depending which game you're in. Uh, like in Persona 2, it's it's kind of like a lounge room in a club. Like you've got your opera singer, you've got a dude playing piano, <clears throat> there's a guy painting. It's very fancy. Um, and then in 5, it's a limo. Was that right, Bill? Yeah, uh, limo is one of them, and the other, it's like uh, you're in like a jail cell. Oh no, five's um, the prison. Five's the prison, uh, and four's, four's the limo. The limo. Yeah. Yep, and uh, and uh, I thought it was Igor, but it might be Igor. Um, but yeah, and also for me, like I have these like. Uh, do, do you remember uh, Victor Frankenstein? No, yeah, I didn't. There's another Frankenstein, Frankenstein reference. <laughs> <laughs> so we have a uh, uh, what do you call it? I just remember. Um, the, like the voice um it's this i don't know if they use the same actor because I, I don't quite remember from like you know uh from four to five because it was a big gap but i remember getting in there and just having this like super like deep like just like kind of bellowing like almost like an optimus prime uh, kind of voice just uh like and it's like you're it's this really weird thing and there's usually like there's like a like a female uh, who's like kind of escorting you and like she's like your guide on this journey and then you get introduced and you're kind of like Kind of like Chris, like would be like like, what is this? Where am I? What are you doing? And they're like, we're here to teach you all about fusing demons. And you're like, uh, okay. <laughs> and so the attendants actually, there's like a lineage where they like are uh, not always related to each other, but they're like through blood. But there, there's interesting. There's, uh, there's some canon there to them. Yeah, there's some canon wow. between them. And it's funny that you mentioned the voice actor for Igor because I got so used to him in three and four, and then in five, it's very different. And I was like, mm. oh, I, I guess they recast him. Mm. But the different voice is actually a plot point to the game. If you go far enough, you'll, you'll figure out why he has a different voice, and oh. it's like amazing. Like, so Interesting. much better than it should be. Well, I, I, and not to spoil anything, but I remember in five, like you got to a certain point in five. And then, like, something blew up, and you were just, like, pleased as punch. Like, oh, this is amazing, and something happened, and now it's even better. And, like, I don't know what that is, but, like, it's cool to see, you know, when there, like when that happens in games where you get, like, super far, and then something breaks or changes, and, like, it just kind of, like, takes off from there. So hopefully that was one of those uh, those moments for you. It absolutely was. Yeah. And, like, I, like it. it's something so unnoticeable, like, I literally just assumed they changed the voice actor. Like I didn't think it had anything to do with the plot. Yeah. And it was like directly tied to the plot. So <laughs> like it totally threw me and it was amazing. You bet when, when there was a change. Uh, yeah. So cool. Um, what else haven't we talked about? That's like typical to all of them. So um, I'm curious to like these demons, right? Are they, mm -hmm. 
what kind do they what kind of mythology do they pull from is it J- japanese folklore is it so they they just blanket call them demons but they are just like mythological figures from everywhere okay um like th- there are some traditional japanese ones some chinese ones uh there's like a lot of the christian um like angels show up as demons like you can get like raphael and gabriel and michael and, and all the catholic angels that you'd heard of um lucifer and beelzebub and satan are all demons uh they've got some aztec gods they've got some uh nordic gods they've got some german gods they've got some like pop culture ones too like uh i mentioned before the show like christine from uh the stephen king novel the the like car that's like alive like that's one of the demons um there's some like cthulhu type demons Mm -hmm. They got their own. They made up like the all the Frost guys, um, Jack Frost, Jack Ripper, Black Frost, King Frost, on and on and on. So, no, um, so what you're saying is no demon is off limits. No one's off limits. They've got uh, like Hindu gods. Mm-hmm. Um, th- so I've mentioned Mara a couple times to you guys. Like that is a Buddhist god. That I, I've looked at actual pictures of, and it just looks like you know what you'd expect a Buddhist god to look like. But the Shimigami version is a giant phallus riding in a gold chariot that you have to like fight. <laughs> <laughs> it is amazing. So, wasn't that a wasn't that a shmup? <laughs> so let me ask you a question then. Um, with them doing this, how much blowback do they get in countries about this? So I'm assuming this is why it never we never got the NES releases here um, because of how bad they were at censoring that stuff and probably why we didn't get the Super NES releases here. Um, from what I've seen, like they, they just don't sell enough to make a big uh, impact in that way. Um, during especially during the '90s when it would have got the most uh, blowback. Um, so like Persona Three was the first one to like explode in popularity. But people were more concerned with the the guns, like the evokers to the head, than they were with the the demons. I don't think they they got far enough to complain about any other part of it. I just wonder because I know you know obviously in Japanese culture, yeah, this doesn't matter a whole lot. Um, hmm. But yeah, in other parts of the world, I can see this being a big deal, right? The, whoa, you took our holy figures and you did what to them? Uh, you know, I could see that yeah. causing a stir. Sure, and they, yeah, they would definitely would like they they give them weird personalities in some cases. Sometimes they like over sexualize them. Sometimes they make them hyper violent, and those gods might not match that like through the actual scripture of the, the books you're talking about. They just, they take a lot of creative license with most of these ones. Well, that sounds like a very Japanese thing to do, but uh, uh, I'm surprised it doesn't get any, I mean, maybe it does get blowback in places. Maybe it's banned yeah. in places. I don't know. Yeah. I'm, I'm not sure how it is in other countries either, but I, I that would be my big guess is why we didn't get like 20 years of these games is because uh, they didn't want to make s- as many changes as they would have needed to, to actually localize them to, to block all the offensive uh, iconography. Yeah. And part of me wonders, and it's hard to think back of like exactly where we were in video game, uh, you know, with video game censorship if you want to call it that like in like politics and like the mainstream news like when mortal Kombat was a thing 
Um, and we've come so far where, like, there's still people that, like, stand up against, you know, like, oh, this video games are too violent. But for the most part, it's, like, completely fallen off everyone's priority list. Like, with the with how, like, you know, fighting games like Mortal Kombat and, like, fatalities and just the amount of violence that's out there. I'm trying to think back of, like, you know, so back when some, back when the, uh, like, you know, the Persona, like, you know, 1, 2, and 3. And like Kelsey said, I don't think they were they were hugely successful like smash runaway mega hits so like i don't know if they were as much on the radar of the people who would you know kind of like make a complaint about these as much as like the violence and something like mortal Kombat would be but uh but yeah i i can't remember ever hearing peep about any uh you know anyone saying like hey we don't like the way you know persona is portraying you know xyz or whatever so uh, for sure like like christian groups that complain about a lot of things like they're angels are literally being called demons in these games mm. like they're just being lumped in with all these other horrifying creatures like yeah. i'm sure they would take offense to that but the games don't sell enough to like garner the the rage that, yeah. I, that i'm sure they would have otherwise well, i was even thinking if you're taking a look to like buddhist gods or or, or uh hindu gods you know yeah if you're like an india Several or something Hindu but i guess it's yeah. probably not cool <laughs> right so but i don't even know <laughs> if they sell these games in india so you know who knows I couldn't tell you. Yeah, but it doesn't seem like anything's off limits. Like, there's, yeah, gods from all over the world and demons. There's even, like, uh, characters from, like, Shakespeare show up as demons in them, like Oberon. Um, <laughs> and they have a bunch of weird fairies and stuff. And, yeah. Like o- Oberon from Game of Thrones? <laughs> Isn't Oberon one of the uh, o- characters Ober- from Mid- Midsummer Night's Dream? Oberon Martell? I don't know. I, I, haven't, I haven't read Midsummer. Uh, I think I saw it performed I, once a long, long time ago. Time ago. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but it, it, they just uh, treat everyone equally, I, I, I'd say. No, no, that's fine. No, I was just yeah. curious. They, they actually, they might give Christianity a little bit of a, like, the more respect, I think, just in terms of, like, those are, like, the last things you can usually unlock are, like, the archangels and the like satan and stuff like that like they save those right until the end like you gotta be level 80 to get those kind of things but no jesus walking out on the stage or something <laughs> well Uh-oh. in the uh in the super nintendo and like famicom ones like the last boss is yahweh and it's like <laughs> the head of god like yeah so we didn't get those ones here Why is every game, Japanese role-playing game, where I have to be about killing God at the end? Why is that such a trope in Japan? Yeah, because, because they love Star Trek V, The Final Frontier. <laughs> God, with the starship. Yep. <laughs> or, um, or, uh, or in the case of Final Fantasy X, well, it's probably spoilery, so I shouldn't say. Almost but. every Final Fantasy ends up with, this creature has become God, and now you must mm. kill it. Or this person has become God, and you must now kill it. Yeah. The only difference is they don't try and like save that as a trick until the end. Like you pretty much know you're doing that from the start of these games. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I I probably should have seen it coming earlier, but I I did not. Like the the twist that that not the twist, but like you know, what sin actually is, like when Oren like turns to you and says it, like I'm one of those dummies that like I don't try to think ahead and like figure out what something is. So like there's been a whole bunch of times yeah, there's been a whole bunch of times where I've like kind of been like, what? 
what? And like turned over and been like, did you see that? And everyone in the room is like, yeah, we saw this coming like for like weeks. Like, how did you not know this? But uh, I really enjoy being like blissfully ignorant with some of that stuff because like the, the those like uh, those twists like get me. And like when they hit hard, like they're they're awesome. So like when I found out, you know, when he turns to you and he's like, oh, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, yes, this is amazing. So yeah, that was a great, I'm the same great way. I'm me. just along for the ride. I don't try and overthink it while I'm yeah. watching it. Kind of uh, reminds me. I watched uh, I watched the little things on HBO's, and it's this new thing, right? They're releasing movies at home the same day they go to the theaters. So it's kind of cool. But yeah, I was kind of thinking. I, there was a thing that I kind of saw coming from a mile away, and it kind of ruined <laughs> it a little bit for me. But I mean, it's still a good movie. But, uh, my my si- my sister like we were just texting the other day and she, uh, it it just came out right yeah, like Friday or Saturday out. or something mm-hmm. so this was just a couple of days ago or wait had to have been like a week, like a week. Ha- okay okay good yeah because it was like I thought it was like yesterday maybe it was uh, it was but she was like oh like we watched blah 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 and she didn't specifically say like good bad or whatever but like she was kind of like you know like kind of implied the same thing she was like oh like you know we could tell what they were trying to do. Like, so, like, kind of like, but they're the worst. Like, you'll talk to them, like, they'll watch a trailer, and they'll turn to you, and they're like, oh, that guy's really dead, and this guy's that guy's <laughs> oh, mom. And I'm like, okay, stop, <laughs> stop. Don't, keep it in your yeah, head, man. Don't even, yeah, I don't even want my brain going in that direction. And my, my father-in-law is bad, too, because he doesn't care about spoilers, which is totally fine. And he's probably listened to this, so I just want to clarify that. <laughs> so, um... It's totally fine that he doesn't Darth like Vader care about spoilers, but but other people do, and he doesn't always take that into account. So he'll just like blurt stuff out. And uh, I found out recently that he spoiled the end of Red Dead Two to uh, my uh, my sister in law's boyfriend. They were just chatting, and he just said it. And like afterwards, Mark was like, "Oh well, I guess I know how this ends now." <laughs> you know, so but uh, but yeah, like like, and then sometimes he'll be talking to me. And he's like, so I'm not going to spoil anything, but I will say this. And I'm like, no, don't even, don't even do that because it'll get my brain moving in a direction, and I don't want it going there. I just, I want to be, you know, I want the payoff, you know. So that, that's where I want to be. Yeah. I, well, I, I usually am like that too, and I kind of broke down. I played the rarely default two demo a little bit of it um, the other day because I was just like, I just want to see. And there's one mm. thing they changed that I'm kind of like. But uh, it's okay. I'm still, still going to buy it and play it. <laughs> yeah. Do you think you can? So um, it's, it's crazy because, like, I think about back to the time when, like, demos were huge, um, or at least huge for me. And, like, you know, like the like when, like, Brave Fencer Musashi was a purchase for me because the Final Fantasy VIII demo was in that package. Um, I don't know. And I remember the Final Fantasy, what was it, 11 or 12 that came with Dragon, uh, Dragon Quest nah, 8 or 9 or something? There was a Final Fantasy demo that was bundled in with the Dragon Quest Dragon Quest Eight. Yep, yeah. for PS2, there was like another like like thing in there. Um, so speaking of that, I don't know if uh, Persona games ever had any demos, um, or if this was kind of like pre like the demo days. I'm aware of. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised. Like one of those PS1 magazines or something probably had the, something. The, the the underground, maybe a trailer or something like that. Wouldn't shock me. <laughs> that yeah. wouldn't surprise me one bit. Um, with like, I don't think you got to the point in Persona Five, Bill, but there is like a, a really cool twist in that game. So I'm I'm gonna give anyone who doesn't want Persona Five spoiled, like, come back in twenty thirty seconds, kind of thing. 
Um, so you've got your cat, Morgana, who can speak to people who are like persona users, like just have a normal conversation with them. And so there is a point during the game where somebody who you have no clue as a persona user just hears a line that the cat says and responds to it. And then they leave that alone for like 20 hours. And then it comes back later and you're like, if you didn't pick that up, like you'd have no idea because it's very casual and I didn't pick it up. And then when I found out that player is like the one of the bad guys now because we were looking for another persona user and we didn't know who it was and like i can think back and like oh i do remember that like, i should have <laughs> caught that moment and it was like just some like little offhanded thing about pancakes like some of the pancakes for breakfast and it just it foreshadowed this like really cool twist in the game which was kind of neat that is cool yeah um the games are also they also kind of have a reputation for being difficult but not straight through just like they have a really weird difficulty curve kind of like star force like i was talking about earlier like you'll just be playing the game and you'll just hit this wall just this boss or this dungeon that you're like this is so much harder like did i miss an area that i'm under leveled or what's wrong but then as soon as you get past that like everything's fine again and it's it seems to be like a common thread through all of the Shimigami games, and I I don't know if they did it on purpose originally, but I, they have to be doing it on purpose now because it just mm. it shows up so often where you're just mm. fifth boss into the game, all of a sudden he just feels like he should be last boss quality, and then the last boss isn't nearly that hard. And, and one of the things that kind of threw me on both games that I played was what you talked about with like the uncertainty, like I don't know if I'm playing this right, I don't know if I missed something. I don't know if I should be doing this. I don't know if the decision I made at the school to hang out with this guy and play soccer was right. <laughs> I don't know if I should have gone back here and done target practice. And like, I never, I never felt sure of anything. And it made me feel like I, I like, I like to know the impact of the decisions I'm making. So like, whether it's good, bad, or whatever. And I never knew what could have happened if I did this other thing. And it, it just made me feel like. I had no control or like even knowledge of what was happening. So it was hard for me to like kind of get invested when I didn't have any idea. So I, I felt the same way during the first half of like persona three, four and five, mm. but you kind of start to learn which, what the impact of your decisions are as you just learn how, how they, they uh, pan out later on down the road. Mm. And so you can, like, if you look things up, you can optimize your run and, like, have all your stats maxed out pretty early so you can do all the social trees and stuff. I don't think that's a fun way to play those games, though. I think it's fun just not to know sometimes and, like, mm. be like embody the character that you are. Like, he's an unsure teenager, like, making a decision that he thinks is good in that moment that may or may not be good down the road kind of thing. Right. Yeah. So I think you just have to come to terms with... Uh, come in with the mindset that you're not trying to play a perfect run. That mm -hmm. you're just trying to be good enough to get through this game kind of thing. Right. And, like, you can focus on, like, when you find those relationships in the Persona games that, that, like, appeal to you personally, you're like, I can spend all my time with this person and, like, max out this relationship. And there's going to be some benefit for it. I don't know if it's going to be amazing or if it's just going to be all right. But it's going to be worthwhile to, like, play it out both story-wise and mechanically. Mm-hmm. 
I always wonder with Japanese, it's like role-playing games especially, but other ones well. You always notice that the protagonists, or like a lot of the characters, are these young adult, teenager, that's like the typical age that the characters embody in a lot of these games. But, you know, like Western games, they're adults, right? Is typically what you're going to get. Sometimes even older adults. But I wonder what the hang-up is with, like, every... Mm -hmm. It's always, like, the teenager that has to come and kill God and save the world or whatever, right? I mean, (laughs) it's just... That's, like, always the thing. What's the preoccupation with this point in life? That's probably the target audience for a long, long time, right? And maybe that tropes just got stuck. Uh, Maybe. I don't know. But, Mm. I mean, like, a lot of games that you see out of Japan do Mm, that. For sure. So... In the original Shimigami games, like you're you're a young adult, you're not a teenager, um, but then they had a spinoff called Shimigami If, which I believe is Super Famicom, and that's where they went with that like, there's high school, we're gonna go around Japan, um, we got teenagers as like the main protagonists, and then so so Persona is a spinoff of this spinoff, the Shimigami If, which is like a, a what if like version of Shimigami, so Persona spun off of that spinoff and then out of persona we've also had like five spinoffs where they've done like uh the etrian odyssey style persona q they've done the dancing games that bill mentioned earlier they've done persona arena which is a really amazing fighting game that arc systems put out um and there's also that uh muso game supposed to be coming out right away the uh, persona 5 scramble so this like the whole series is like just rife with spin-offs all over the place. And it seems like they also do a lot of republishing of these games, right? I mean, like Persona 3, Persona 3 Portable, there's like four yeah. golden... Well, they, they did three, and then they did three FES, uh, also on the PS2, and then they put out, yeah, Portable, like you said, which I think has the FES stuff in it, plus some other changes. They What's the FES stand for? Uh, festival. Okay. And then other, and they're also uh, recently, uh, four, fairly recently, four um, was uh, added to Steam as well. So if mm-hmm. you didn't have a Vita, um, and uh, where else was a uh, four originally? Well, originally PS2, and then they did the Golden for the Vita, and then that version's been yeah around a couple places now. Uh, five came out normally, and then they did Five Royal, which had mm-hmm. bonus content in it as well. Um, with the original two, the the first game is what it is and then the second game is actually two parts in japan but we only got the second part here we didn't get the the first one which, which sounds wild too um it it's like uh hitler's like trying to resurrect aliens to like launch a nuclear attack it's, it's really bizarre that's sure and so they they remade that on the psp as well so the persona 2 that's on the psp is the ps1 game that never came out here which is the other half of the ps one game that did come out here. So you being a person that wants to play these games and you know they're going to give out some upgraded version at this point because that's just what they do. Does it make you want to wait? Yes and no. I like, I really like these games, so it's hard to wait just because I want to get in and like, but even beyond the persona examples, we just gave like strange journey, the DS game, Got a 3DS boosted remake. Um, Shimigami Tensei 4, the 3DS game. Got Shimigami Tensei 4 Apocalypse. Uh, the fighting game Arena got Ultimax. Like, they, <laughs> they literally do it with everything. So, yeah, you're not wrong to, like, yeah. 
wait a year. I've seen some tweets from version. Persona fans that like, and, and one of them I've mentioned before, uh, Jason Schreier, who used to work for Kotaku, write for Kotaku, and now he writes for Bloomberg, I think. And uh, mm-hmm. like he played, you know, a billion hours of Persona 5. And then Royal came out and he was like, uh, you know, didn't expect to put just another hundred hours into Persona Royal, but like, here we are, you know, like played it again. So it's the same thing. Like uh, didn't want to wait. Right. So, uh, yeah. uh, but yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's in some cases like, uh, like, you know, Mass Effect where the remake takes, you know, years and years and years. It's like one thing, but like, it does seem to happen pretty quickly on the, uh, on the Persona yeah. side. Um, and even like for a, a later one, they're, they're remaking Nocturne for the Switch right now. And they're mm. adding some extra stuff to that. And like, that was, I think 2003 when that one came out. Mm. So they're, they're digging back and <laughs> still pulling things out, which is really interesting. And you mentioned, uh, five is supposed to be this year, but they haven't, you said they haven't shown anything and you think it'll be delayed again. I wouldn't be. Yeah. Like we, we've got, we got a little teaser in like 2016, right before the switch launched. Uh. And then I think it was 2019. We got an actual trailer finally. Mm. And then it's just been silence again since Mm. then. And then we've had all this pandemic stuff and with them not ever having put an actual year on it. Yeah. I'd I'd be really (laughs) surprised if it does come out this year. I hope it does. Cause yeah, the, the, like we had Persona Five, and the the whole series is on a high. Mm-hmm. But the main series, I don't think, had that breakout moment. And I hope I hope Five can be that for it, and then they mm-hmm. can have both of them kind of running in tandem, both doing well. Uh, well, I think it's weird, though. I mean, I don't know if this has anything to do with it, but like Persona, I mean, that's a really catchy name, uh, Shin Megami <laughs> Tensei. Yeah, SMT. You know. <laughs> they all have catchy names like Shimigami Tensei, Devil Summoner, Raido, Kazunoha versus the Solus Army. Just rolls off the tongue. Yeah, I don't know why that would be hard to market. Got no idea. <laughs> <laughs> they, yeah, they, they could use some rebranding. Yeah. Because uh, in, in Japanese, it's uh, True Goddess Reborn, which the original games like the Famicom, Super Famicom ones, like you are literally the reincarnation of a goddess. That's why they're called that. The later games have nothing to do with that anymore. They just have the same title because they're mechanically the same and like atmospherically the same. But the title is meaningless to the actual content of the game these days. So have you ever been tempted to go back and play translated versions of like the Famicom and Super Famicom stuff? Or are you just like, yeah, whatever. I, I kind of was until I read a bit about them in this book. I think I'm okay, especially like with the Famicom ones for sure. <laughs> they, they just seem a little too archaic. Like I appreciated wizardry when I played it, but it's not something I want to go back to play for fun. And, and I feel like these would kind of be in that uh, realm where they'd just be kind of interesting um, pieces where I could see the evolution, but I don't think i need to play more than an hour of them to kind of get the get the gist of what's going on there kind of thing is it mm-hmm. something where you think there's enough there that you would play it with like hacks so there's you can plow through it really quick and easy just to see what it is or like even just reading about it like i feel like i have a good concept oh, of okay. what it All is right. for that yeah I, I don't feel compelled uh th- there's some that i haven't played yet like there was a saturn game called soul hackers which is in part of the series 
and they remade it on the 3ds so i'm like perfect like i can play that which i think that was the first jump to like 3d so i can play a version of that comfortably and i i know it's going to be a little archaic but i can i can get a feel and i and i don't feel like i need to go back further than that um because i i get i understand the roots i've played enough similar games that i don't need to to do the dungeon crawling and the demon recruiting when i don't understand the language and <laughs> i don't want to map things out like at the moment they 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 still have some dungeon crawling things like the, the roots are like a first person dungeon crawler and if you played the first persona chris that one's like first person dungeon crawler and persona 2 they started going to like the overhead like a most jrpgs kind of view mm. and they've stuck with that but every once in a while like with uh, shimigami tensei 4 and strange journey they they went back dungeon crawler and persona q is all dungeon crawler so i, I have played some of the dungeon crawler type games that have borrowed from their from their old roots too so yeah i just don't feel compelled to go back that far okay. well, i was curious yeah. you know some people really love a series and they want to experience all of it some people are like mm, no this is the sample that's good for me <laughs> yeah. yeah that's kind of how i feel there are some fan translations no official ones but there are fan translations of the uh the older ones and they did remake like the nes ones on the super famicom um so there are like semi-updated versions of the original ones too but even those seem a little dense to go back to these days okay yeah so bill i noticed you've thrown some questions up here while we were going along too yeah some of these were just things that i had thought of previous some of them just kind of came up while we were going uh just through the conversation so we can go through these like a, a little bit on the quicker side um so one of the things I found when I was doing my research of just Shin Megami Tensei in general is uh, one of the wiki pages says uh, Megami Tensei, and then in parentheses, marketed as Shin Megami Tensei internationally. So is it just Megami Tensei in Japan, or, or what's the story there? So the first two are just Megami Tensei, and they're based off a novel in Japan called Megami Tensei uh, Digital Devil Saga or something like that. Um, and then, and they're, and they're loosely based on the book from what I understand. And then when they added the Shin to it during the Super Famicom era, um, the, the Shin is the word true. So they, they kind of rebranded it and they're like, we're still using the same basic idea, but we're going to tell our own stories with this now. So it's not mm. based on the books at all anymore. Gotcha. Um, other than the, like, we capture demons and we fuse them. Um, and and we're like a young adult kind of thing. That that's all they really have from those original Megami Tensei ones. Um, but Shin, yeah, is basically just Atlas saying like, now we own this series and we're gonna do our own thing with it. Right. So you got Tom Clancy's Rainbow Six, and this is new Tom Clancy's Rainbow Six. <laughs> and Tom Clancy's got nothing to do with it anymore. So sure, let's <laughs> go with that. How many people like I've heard people refer to the generally as mega 10 just for short do you hear is that like a term that a lot of people use for the general yeah, overview a, series or? i've never heard that shorthand on like forums and stuff yeah okay for sure okay so um uh, next one i have here is uh um what have you as a fan of the series um have you noticed any effects uh with the uh, sega acquisition of uh, atlas Oh, yeah. Um, so that was right before 5 came out. Um, so a lot of people were worried that, uh, yeah, because 4 was, like, high. Like, 3 was really good. 
four lifted the bar even higher. So people were kind of worried about five with that, but five was great. Mm-hmm. So I, yeah, whatever Sega did, they seemed to be letting them keep doing their own thing. Um, they've been re-releasing other stuff too, like Catherine and adding a whole bunch of extra content to it. So like, I'm always scared when companies like EA and Activision and take two are, are acquiring people, but Sega seems to be letting them keep doing their own quirky, weird stuff and not uh, getting in the way. So yeah, no issues for me. Nice. And uh, um, so uh, we talked about a lot of games, um, talked about a lot of persona uh, for anyone who's listened to the conversation and who's thought like, this sounds like my kind of weird. Um, what <laughs> would you say is like the most accessible uh, Shin Megami Tensei game for someone to kind of get started and see if they can uh, wrap their head around it. Um, four or five for Persona for sure. Um, three is a little harder because the battle system is a little more restrictive. You you only get to control your main character and not the rest of your party. Um, you you like get the AI set them up. You don't actually get to like choose their commands. Um, so I think four and five mechanically are are more accessible. But like you said. There's a, there's a big investment up front. Like Bill's not exaggerating. Like you're playing like four to five hours of Persona Five before it kind of opens up and gives you any sort of freedom. And even then, it's just like a small piece, and it gets more after that the further you go. Chris's face <laughs> for anyone that watched the video. It's like four or five yeah. hours. Uh, and, and so I'm I'm telling you, like you boot the game up and you kind of got your regular intro, and like you know over the course. And this was a time in my life when. I mean, I still have very, very little, like, in terms of, um, like, when I sit down to play a game, it's usually, like, 45 minutes to an hour, because it's, like, you know, kids go to bed, uh, you know, wife decides, okay, I'm going to watch my show that you don't care about, and then I can come downstairs, okay, do I have to clean anything up, do I have to do anything, you know, like, responsibility stuff, and then, okay, when that's all done, I might have 42 minutes to play something, you know, before (laughs) bed. Right. Uh, And that's kind of how my gaming life is now. Maybe when the kids go to college, I'll have more time, but that's going to be a while. So um, I would, you know, sit down, I would boot it up, and I would play for a little bit. And for the first several sessions, I wasn't actually playing anything. Like, I was reading a lot of dialogue. It was showing a lot of things. And, you know, and I would ping Kelsey, and I'm like, listen, like, it's it's cool. Music's (laughs) groovy. And I was like, but, you know, I'll tell you right now. It's not letting me play it, and I don't like it when a game doesn't let me play it. And he's like, he's like, you're not alone. I got you. Like, just you know, like get, like get through it. Like, see, see what you can do. And it does kind of like teach you some battle system stuff, and you meet some guys, and you meet some schoolmates, and you see like, so there's a lot of story happening because when you go to that first dungeon, it's all set up by the people that you met. There's like a student, like, not to spoil anything, but there's like a, there's been an incident with, uh, uh, with I a student. I think you can talk pretty openly about the first dungeon. They they marketed Kamashita stuff really oh, heavily. Okay, cool. So Kamashita is a uh, physical education teacher, volleyball coach at the uh, school at the academy. You're going to your character is kind of in this town or city or or, sorry district um that um you came from another area and like you know what happened to you like you got booted out of this area because of like some some stuff with the police that like you tried to stop something from happening and like they got mad at you and like it's a whole big weird thing so you got kicked out and you're in this school so everyone sees you as like the new kid but like you've had trouble with the law type deal um so yeah like you see like a domestic abuse like happening and you step in to like do something but the abuser is like a very politically connected and wealthy man so 
it turns real bad on you real quick. Yeah, for you. Like, the, the you know, just trying to do the right thing. So you end up here, and everybody's against you. Like, so you don't have family here. You have, like, a guy who runs, like, a, like a little coffee shop restaurant uh, type deal. And you're, like, living in his attic. And he... I mean, Kelsey says later in the game, like, you kind of come to like him, and, like, you, he's, like, a, you know, like a lovable, you know, like, grouch. But early on, I don't want to talk. Like, this guy is just not nice to me, and I've been through a lot, and I just need someone to, like, be nice to me. And he's, like, everything you say to him, like, he's, like, well, what did you do at school today? And you're, like, oh, like, it was all right, you know, it's blah, blah. And he's, like, I just hope I don't get in any trouble with you, you know, like... All he cares about is him and, like, that you don't inconvenience him any more than is, like, possible to do. Um, yeah, so He's kind of like a sponsor, like a foster parent kind of thing. So I think he's just like, I'm getting a small check from the government so you can sleep yep. in my attic. Yeah. Yep, exactly. He's like, if you get if you get home, you know, like, after I've left, like, make sure you lock the front door. Like, I don't want anyone breaking in here. So he's kind of like this kind of just grouchy guy that, like, like Kelsey, like a foster uh, 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 um guardian you know whatever there's like kind of watching you so you're going to school and there's um so kamashita is this physical ed uh, teacher who like you know there's rumblings that he was involved with a student a female student this female student has an incident where she can't take you know can't take it anymore that like she's gone through this with him so um uh it's uh i don't i don't want to get like too graphic with it but like it's it's a very weird dungeon when you get in here. There's like a lot of like weird like sexual fantasy things happening. There's a lot of like nude statues and like phallic like represent like because because you're almost like inside like the uh, like the demons of like the the like the boss of like that dungeon that you're going in there like like the the best of them the worst of them whatever that is like that's their dungeon you're inside of it so this is a really cool thing about five specifically because three and four uh especially three had like a super generic like dungeon part of the game like it was like randomly generated like really bland rooms um, and four had like slightly theme to the person you were you're going through in the midnight channel um, but like five, like it's tailored to the trauma that this person is causing and the the sinful things they've been doing. Um, it's like right. very themed to like fit right. that person's personality. It's really neat. right. So 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 like you know they net like they don't like all add, like actually come out and say it, but like there are areas in the dungeon where there's like volleyball players like in their underwear like being spanked with like apparatus and like you're like in there trying to like you know stop this entire situation from happening so between being in the dungeon and trying to stop this and then in reality and like you know confronting Kamashita and being like dude like you're not going to get away with this he's like oh, what are you going to do like your word against mine type deal so like that's kind of like criminal no one's going to believe you exactly like who's who's going to believe you so you make some friends at school you have morgana your talking cat and you're basically going into this dungeon and when you go into the dungeon like you have what you have on you and that's it you can't like buy any more healing items when you're in there um, you can like you can pretty much get as far as you can get in the dungeon with the resources that you have, and it's like, all right, I don't have any more healing items. I don't have anywhere wi- any more ways to like restore my ability to like use persona attacks. If I go any further, I think I'm going to die. I have to leave the dungeon, and then you leave the dungeon. You go and then like you go back home, and then you can choose. Okay, um, it's 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 so it's either like morning, afternoon, or night. 
So now that it's nighttime, you can kind of in, go in your room and kind of poke around a little bit, um, you know, do some kind of like housekeeping things. And then it's like, all right, do you want to advance time to the next day? And you do, and like the calendar flips over. You have a deadline when you need to complete this dungeon by, or else, you know, Kamashita, you know, in this case, like, you know, like, like he wins, or like, you know, you get expelled, or like he's got evidence against you that, it, so like you have till this day. So you can, you figure out, okay, I've got like 14 or 16 or whatever, you know, like trips back to the dungeon. Oh, that's not true. You have like 14 or 16 like days. You might not go to the dungeon every day. You might spend one of those days like going to the mall and, you know, getting some weapons or going to the pharmacy and getting healing items or going to soccer just practice and eating cheeseburgers. Exactly. Like you can just do whatever you want. So you have to like manage this time and uh you know like that that's part of the reason where it was like, you know, it it a lot of it sounds like weird up front, but then like you get into doing it and you're like, okay, I got this. Like here's my plan. I'm gonna attack it this way. I'm gonna do this, I'm gonna do this. And sometimes it works and it feels really good. And you get in there and you and you make it like another like floor and a half. And you're like, all right, I'm making progress. And then like you get out of there before you like get killed. And then you do some more stuff. And then sometimes you go in the dungeon and you just get like destroyed because like you didn't manage like what personas you have or like what like uh, uh you know um skills you kind of have and like your your guys with you. And you make no progress and you're like, who's up? waste of a day you know so it's 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 a different dynamic than anything i've experienced in in other games but uh if uh if it sounds interesting enough to you to kind of keep you engaged and keep you involved in that uh, type of gameplay loop um it's definitely interesting yeah and like the more like they're they're very interconnected it's not like you're playing a social sim and you're playing a dungeon crawl like everything you do in the social sim is affecting how you dungeon crawl like all the relationships you're making and the stats you're building outside of the dungeon directly affect the things you can do in the dungeon so i i love how how they're tied together and how you kind of have to get good at both parts of the game you guys are doing a fantastic job of convincing me to never ever touch this stuff, no, which is fine. I, I, it's fine. Yeah. Um, I would not recommend Persona anything for Chris. Yeah. Other than maybe uh, Persona 4 Arena, the fighting game. Really good. If you like Guilty Gear and Blaz Blue, like it, you'll like it. It's really 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 well, you, know, you know what's funny is like a lot of times hearing chris talk about games that i'm you know usually they're not on my radar not like you know kind of up my alley a lot of times i'll start like thinking like yeah like this this could be really cool like maybe this is something i could get into and then you know like i'll 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 you know tell him that or tell even like kelsey that too and just you guys knowing what you know about me you're like bill <laughs> Sekiro Shadows Die Twice is not for you. Sure. <laughs> Don't yeah. play it. Yeah, I'm not trying to say, like, this sucks. What I'm trying to say is I, I, you're, I'm recognizing very clearly this is not for me. But what sure. I yeah. wanted to follow up with that is, though, you said that there are some that are in other genres. Mm-hmm. And so is so, there any ones that would be in the genre? Like you said, the fighting one. So would there be any other games in, those, in genres that may appeal to me? Um, correct me if I'm wrong, but you do you like Etrian Odyssey? Yeah, to a degree, right? Like the, I wouldn't sit and like, man, I love these games so much. I want to play all of them all the time. It's kind of one of those things where like <laughs> I gotta be in the mood, and right, then sure. yeah, I'll dig into one of those, and then I probably won't play one for quite a while. So the Etrian Odyssey team made Persona Q and Persona Q2, uh, like with Atlas, like it was a combined effort, and it is. They're phenomenal spinoffs. Like they, they do all the like mapping 
and RPG dungeon crawling stuff that Etrian does, but it's just got all the persona characters and this really wacky, fun, silly story um, to follow along. And I don't think you need to play three, four, five to get to enjoy the story. I think you'll get more out of it, obviously, because you'll have some background with these characters like going into it. Um, but mechanically, like they're super similar to Etrian Odyssey. So if you like dungeon crawling and that's like the big draw, I think those ones might appeal more to you specifically. So those are the those Q games are three DS, is that right? Yeah, that's right. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, and affordable. It, did you say affordable? Yeah, because I know that uh, Persona, what is it, Persona Two, is like four two four hundred dollars, something like that. Um, I haven't actually looked at the prices. I think I'll check Persona Q isn't bad. Two is like one of the last releases on the system, so I don't know if that's one of those uh, games that might have not sold well. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, the if you haven't played Arena though, I would suggest checking it out. I think it's pretty cheap. I think that one's like ten bucks typically. Mm. But it's like two buttons. Yeah. Actually, not astronomical. Um, mm-hmm. There's a there's a Persona Q two for that sold for fifteen bucks. Oh. There's some others that sold nice. for thirty. That's pretty cheap. Um, one sold for seventy five. That might have been oh, sealed. Um, sealed. So for the yeah. sealed collectors, yeah. So like not you know like astronomically high. Well then uh, maybe I'll watch for those when I'm coming out or something. Yeah, I, I think you might enjoy those ones. Okay. Um, Strange Journey is another one I think you might enjoy. There's a DS one and like a 3DS uh, expanded version, um, and they're very dungeon crawlery as well. Okay. Um, they don't, then they're not tied to the Persona universe. There, this is more main game, but it's like a real sci-fi coat of paint on it instead of the uh, like young Japanese like uh, walking around post-apocalyptic Tokyo kind of thing. You, you get to travel around in space and and uh, everything's kind of all the demons are like real neat takes on them too like i really like the art in that game but these don't have hours of storyline to it no like you're, you're not up front with like tons and tons of stuff um persona q games have a little bit more than the strange journey does um or even even shin megami tensei 4 if you see that one for cheap too like that's another one that's like first person um but they're they're a lot uh less up front to, to get them going. There's still a little bit because they're role-playing games, but uh, yeah, you're not like five hours in like Persona 5 before you get to play kind of thing. Okay. Well, I'm just thinking with our listeners, you know, is there some part of this series they may be interested in if if the main thrust of what you're talking about is, is if you feel like I do, you know what I mean? You might want to be like, okay, maybe that part's not for me, but maybe there are other parts that are. Sure. But there, there's so many different takes on the same idea so i'd say just like look them up real quick like a trailer or even the cover let's get a feel of like because devil summoner those games are in the like an alternate 1920s and you run or you work for a guy who runs a detective agency so beyond like the main story you can also just like pick up little side missions around town it's like hey there's this woman says a ghost is haunting her house go check it out and you like have to go figure out what's going on over there to get a little bonus that you can use to add to the main game kind of thing um and they're very stylistic to that era too which is really neat so it's all like you know wagons and stuff and and, like it's rare to see an automobile um and then like uh digital devil saga is like post-apocalyptic world where something happened right at the start that you are there to witness and everybody including your character is like 
turned into a demon and you're so hungry you start eating each other so you've got to like figure out what's going on real quick or you're gonna like everybody's just gonna kill themselves uh so there's like a mystery to it while you're playing as well and there's like these warring tribes so you know something's happened on earth but nobody remembers what it is and you're trying to like figure it out so is are the dancing games like ddr is that what they are are they something Um, else have you they were made uh, with this company that did the Hatsune Miku games. Have you, I don't know if you played those ones. I've not played them. I'm somewhat familiar with the idea of Hatsune Miku. Yeah. So yeah, they play very much like those. So it's like button prompts on oh, there. Okay. Not 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 quite like a DDR. More like Space Channel. Yeah, like theater, yeah, like much more like a Space Channel or yeah. a Theater Rhythm. Yeah, yeah, those are good comparisons. Um, and the 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 first one has a surprisingly crazy story that is like totally canon too and it's in a dancing game (laughs) it blows my mind and the fighting game surprisingly deep story that's like totally canon like it's it's just blows my mind how all the spin-offs are tied in and they're really good and then there was the wii u one right was oh you're talking tokyo mirage sessions what was that so that is a crossover between Shin Megami Tensei and Fire Emblem from Nintendo. Uh, so it plays more like a Shin Megami game than a Persona game, uh, but it is like the brightest, most colorful art role-playing game I've ever played in my life, and it's got a really amazing take on that press start battle system that's super fun, where the whole thing's set up so your main character is like a, a pop idol, and so all the people that are in your party are trying to also be Did you say pop idols. Oh, pop idol. I thought you said Popeye the first time. <laughs> well, like, it is just Japanese what? do love Popeye. <laughs> well, I think they do. But, uh, but, but go they, ahead. they do, they do. Uh, so yeah, it's all idols, like, you know, young singing okay, yeah. stars. Um, so being themed like that, the, the battles are like concerts. Uh, so everyone's like decked out in like full stage gear and they've got like microphones and there's like a crowd around you for every fight. And so if you, if you do the right moves that are like getting you those boosts, you can do an encore, which like calls your friends in to come like boost on top of the attack. So you can have everybody <laughs> coming in to attack together. If you're, if you're timing your combos, right. It's really, really fun. That sounds like fun. Yeah. And that one's like totally like modern Japan, um, which is weird stuff happening like a typical Shimigami game. Yeah, the Fire Emblem part is pretty light. <laughs> it's it's really just a Shin Megami game with like barely some Fire Emblem like looking characters in it, uh, but still really really fun. Uh, yeah, then they redid that one on the Switch as well. Yeah, because everything that came on the Wii U has come back on the Switch. It's pretty close. Like I think there's less than five games now that I'm keeping my Wii U for. Yeah, it's getting low. Yeah, there was one... What was the one that I was... Uh... Yeah, because we got the new Super Mario Brothers U Deluxe for Christmas. Um, Wind Waker hasn't made it, but that's just a remake of another game anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I can't remember if there was anything else that I was holding out hope for. But uh, but yeah, a lot of it. There, yeah. NES remixes, Nintendo Land. I don't know if you like Devil's Third or not, but <laughs> that one... Yeah, I was going to say probably NES remix yeah. and... Uh... Xenoblade Chronicles X. That got a... Didn't that 3DS? Didn't they get a 3DS? Um, Xenoblade Chronicles got a 3DS port, but Xenoblade Chronicles X is a separate uh, game. okay. All right. yeah. Gosh, uh, can you keep track? I don't know. 
Yeah. So what else um, are we missing about Mega Ten games? Um, well, just to like recap that last question because we kind of went way off. Uh, but for new games, for newcomers, I'd say they're they're all kind of dense in their own way. But just look for the the theme that appeals to you most, and you can get that flavor of it. So if you want to try the old like Devil Summoner nineteen twenties kind of detective vibe. Uh, versus like a space vibe with a strange journey or just like your standard um, want to be a kid in Japan kind of vibe like whatever suits your interests more I think just try them out and you'll know pretty quick if you're into it or not I, I don't like like Bill said like I feel like he gave Persona a very fair shot like I don't begrudge him and say like ah you didn't get far enough to like right. you'll know you'll know within an hour or two if, if this is for you like it'll either click or it won't and they and just know that they are kind of dense, they are kind of obtuse, and that's part of the appeal. I can see it. I, I know some people really love to just just dig in and be absorbed oh in that stuff. <laughs> yeah. The the guy that I play JRPGs with, like we get to a point in these games and he like I come over to his house like ready to rock, like I'm like, all right, we're taking down this dungeon today. He's like just wait. He's like, I was studying the fusion charts last night, and I think we can fuse a few demons. And we end up spending like four hours just fusing demons because he's got this crazy theory. We can get this one demon with all these skills on it. And we just go down this weird rabbit hole sometimes that are super fun. Oh, that's cool. I, I can get that, right? I mean, sometimes that's some of the parts I like of RPGs is that min-maxing, trying to build the most powerful character sets that you can. Uh -huh. there's a lot of that in here because all the fusion like you're you're trying to pull specific skills along with you and so especially in the older ones like nocturne when you're doing the fusion you, you've got like say six slots for moves and you've got two characters they both have six slots so you want the perfect six moves from these two characters on there you combine them and they just randomly pick six. So then you uncombine them, recombine them. No, that's not the six. Uncombine them. Re no, we got, oh, we got five of them. Are we good enough with this? Or do we want that last move? Okay, well, uncombine. And it'll take us like 20 minutes to do one fusion sometimes just because we're trying to get that perfect mix. You know, you know, it's funny. It's not exactly like Destiny, but there's uh, there's random rolls on the weapons in Destiny, and there are there are perks that are better than others. And then there's always like the God roll, right? So it's like, oh, if I, you know, it used to be like you know, Outlaw Kill Clip or Outlaw, uh, you know, like there's like a because basically with every gun you have to reload and you have to damage things. So if you can get a reload perk so you can reload faster and a damage perk, like those are like the two things you always there's always like some weird ones where it's like, "Oh, uh head seeker, uh shots to the body will cause like the next few shots to the head to be more it'll have more damage." And it's like, well, that's very situational and you should be just aiming for headshots all the time. So like the perks kind of weird. So like everyone's always going for like that like perfect uh, combination. But since there's random rolls, you'll have all these engrams and you'll hand them in and it's like, did I get one? No. Delete. Did I get one? No. Delete. <laughs> <laughs> so you just made me think of like going for rolls on yeah. weapons where you're very like, okay, like you're that. hoping for it, the right one. Neo so is the new like that as well. So oh, is it? I yeah. understand. Yes. So, so, so the newer games... Uh, get rid of a lot of that randomness like in Persona 5 like when you're fusing like you can choose which moves you want to take along with you like you don't have to mess around like we do in some of the older ones mm. cool very cool 
Um, you had one more question, I think, Bill? Uh, yeah, I think we kind of uh, covered it in just... Uh, uh, I had it written down before oh, yeah. Chris had asked, but it was basically about um, going back to some of the uh, titles that were not originally available in North America, but you kind of went over that a little bit already with, uh, um, you know, just, uh, you know, reading some of the... Uh, yeah. Some of the things so that's available out there for it. A few of the Japanese-only games eventually got releases here, like Soul Hackers, the Saturn game in Japan, got 3DS here. The PS2 or PS1 Persona 2 that never came out, we got the PSP version. There's like fan translations of the Megami and Shin Megami Famicom, the Super Famicom games. I think the only ones that really don't have a way to play is there was an X original Xbox game called Shin Megami Tensei 9 hmm. and it's not 9 because it's the ninth game in the series there's like 9 uh, like what's the word um, so you know how I was talking before there's like law neutral and chaos so there's like a chart so like you can be law chaos or law, or neutral hmm. chaos and stuff so there's 9 combinations of those things hmm. So that's why it's called Shimmy Intensity 9. I, as far as I know, that one doesn't have a translation. I, I was going to say, there, there, yeah, I thought maybe that was the German one. That, yeah, Shin Megami Intensity 9! <laughs> Shin Megami, um, no. Yeah, so called the one with Hitler and the aliens and stuff. Uh, and um, that one there, appears there to be... There was an uh, online MMO Shin Megami game that I wasn't aware of, and apparently it did get a North American release, and it ran until 2016. Wow. As far as I know, servers are down for that. So unless you can find some fan servers, I don't know how playable that one is anymore. But most, yeah, most of the other stuff um, we've got, with, with very few exceptions. Cool. Just just took a while. And that was a uh, that was a Imagine you said. Uh, Imagine is the MMO one. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I think I remember keep seeing like uh, the Super Famicom that if you see that a lot, pretty cheap. <laughs> in bundles and things I'm, I'm thinking because obviously there's probably a million copies and nobody in america wants it because they don't read japanese so yeah like that's the roots of persona so unless you're like a crazy persona collector i don't know why you'd want that one otherwise i don't think uh historically other than it's tied to persona it's very interesting from the sounds of it um there's a few handheld ones like the uh, we didn't talk about them yet, but uh, they call them demi-kids here, and I think they're devil children in Japan. And th <laughs> those are trying to bank on Pokemon success, and they, mm. they lean a lot more into the Pokemon direction where it's all about like collecting demons. I think there's even a TV show for that for a little while, too. There you go. Yeah, so there's, there's handheld options, there's console options, there's one PC option if you want to run a fan server for uh, an MMO for some reason. For Imagine. I'm just going to see if there are fan servers for Imagine. I'm, I don't doubt it. it I'd be shocked got, if I'm sure weren't. it's not a huge crowd. Yeah, but the people that like Shin Megami are pretty hardcore, so I imagine there's a group of them still playing that. Uh... Uh, yes, yeah, so if you want to play that game, just go to reimagine.online.com. <laughs> Good thing Resident Evil didn't uh, steal that website address first. All right. So server status, lot services online. Uh, servers, servers are curated Imagine experience, mostly the stuff you remember, but uh, with sprinkles on top. So, yeah, <laughs> it looks like... Uh, if you want to give Imagine a quick try, there's the, download the client, just play it right there. So that's that's cool. You want to join uh, those five other dedicated hardcore players? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they might have to take the massive out of the MMO part. <laughs> yeah. Um, do you guys have any other questions before we call it a night? 
No, I think you've done a pretty good job of informing me. Uh, Very good job. Mega 10. I don't know if I sold anybody on trying these games because it's hard to make them sound as cool as I think they are in my head. (laughs) I guess we have some listeners that, you know. But I just want to say thanks for indulging me because I really, really enjoyed the book by Hardcore Gaming 101, the unofficial guide to Shimigami Tensei and Persona. I, I think I want to check out some of the other books. They got some old, like they've got one on Treasure, the developer. They've got some Castlevania one. Um, they've got ones on like old Sega arcade games and stuff. So I think I'm going to check out another one or two and see if they're as enjoyable as this one was. Cool. Yeah, I'd recommend uh, picking it up if you're interested. Very good. Yeah. Um, yeah. Other than that, uh, I wanted to plug the Patreon one more time. Another shout out to uh, Eric and Pam. Thanks to them for being our first two contributors um, to, to help improve the show. And if uh, people want to so, join, what do they got to do? Go to patreon.com slash collectorcast. And there's a list of all the tiers. Uh, anything from a dollar up, we would greatly appreciate. Yeah, I just if nothing else, I'd... Uh, it's great to just know that people care, honestly. You could throw a buck in there. That's, that that yeah. means a lot. And, and a buck will get you in the Discord. And like we said, the Discord's uh, it's been fun, but it's a little lonely. We could use a few more people in there. <laughs> I can't be the only people in there putting in orc vacuum cleaner jokes. So, <laughs> so, so yeah, come on in there and see uh, uh, the, uh, the source of that. So, basically... Uh, it it just started off with just it's just like a little meme war with all of us just like throwing in like the memes from like our little corner of like our 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 minds and like it's like I'm this one I don't know what that is but here's this I don't know what that is but here's this and it was just it was just a fun time so uh, but yeah and and I mean it's pre- it's pretty light over there it's uh, uh, just just you know going through the uh, some of the channels over there. Uh, you know, we got Street Fighter memes. We got Destiny <laughs> memes. There's, there's a little bit of something for everybody there, and uh, we've already had uh, some chats uh, in there with Pam, which is great to uh, just kind of have a little place to get together. So, yeah, be great to have uh, anyone else jump in there. And I am just itching to read uh, my uh, my Batman graphic novel. It's been sitting on my uh, nightstand for man months, months now. <laughs> Oh, and before I forget, you can send all your Mara fan art to at CollectorCast on Twitter. No! What? No! <laughs> at Kelsey Doing Polnick, it. I think is Doing what I'm looking for. At Doing Kelsey it now. Polnick, no E, Kelsey Polnick. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Thanks for letting me talk about weird Japanese games, you guys. Oh, my pleasure. You did a great um, job. Got anything else new on the writing horizon? Oh, maybe, but I can't say for sure yet. It's not locked in yet, but I might have something really exciting by next time. Oh, to talk have about. you have you signed an NDA? No, I just don't know if uh, my pitch got accepted or not. It sounds ah, promising. I've had some back gotcha, and forth, gotcha. but I, I might be able to do uh, some articles for a print magazine, which Ooh. I'm pretty excited about. Very nice. But for in sure, the meantime, yeah. if you want to read your stuff, where do they got to go? Uh, VGCharts with a Z dot com or a Z if you're Canadian. Zed's dead, baby. Zed's dead. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for that. I think we've uh, plugged uh, Kelsey and myself on Twitter. Bill, where people find you on Twitter? Uh, Bill McGee. That's B-I-L-M-C-G-E-E. And, uh, yeah, that's that's basically where to find me. And uh, uh, in the bat chat uh, on our Discord. (laughs) 
Yeah, come on there. Call on, Batman people. We need you in there because I, I have no help, and these guys are plugging it alone. Um, you know, you know, it, yeah. If if no one else uh, comes in there, we're gonna have to read uh, uh, Dark Knight Returns and uh, just uh, have Batman kill Superman uh, and make Chris read it with us. There are so many books for Batman. Just <laughs> Superman is great. Uh, are there anywhere uh, Superman just gets tired of Batman's crap and lasers him from space? Is there? <laughs> oh yeah, there, there's vice versa too. <laughs> I was going to say, at some point in time, he just like, dude, I'm just going to fly up in space. You yeah. can't come here. You're dead. Yeah. I mean, there, there's one issue where he's about to, but then he finds out that their moms have the same name, and then he just doesn't do it. <laughs> <laughs> Who's ready for Snyder Cut? Let me just ask that. I don't know why, but I am so excited for that. And I hate Justice League. It was like my least favorite superhero movie, and you, I cannot wait you know to I, see what a mess this four-hour version is. You know, you know what I watched recently that like I remember liking the first time I watched it, and then my father-in-law, speaking of Jim again, was over here like months and months it was pre-pandemic, um, and uh, uh, so I guess it wasn't that recent. But um, he said to his daughter, uh, you know, my sister-in-law, he's like, "Oh, you've never seen Watchmen," so we put Watchmen on, and it was like the uncut, you know however many hours it is like i had like we watched it for what felt like forever and then like she like elizabeth's like falling asleep and she was like like (laughs) how much longer is this i gotta go to bed and we looked it was legit like halfway over (laughs) it was like no and we it took us like three days to watch it so i would be excited for you know a snyder cut just to see kind of what changes are in there but i just have flashbacks to this like nine hour watchman experience (laughs) that like just dragged on forever Oh, it's going to be a beautiful mess. There's like characters that weren't even in the other movie that are going to be in this one. Oh, I can't Got wait. the black Superman costume, right? And Martian Manhunter's in it. Like, what? He wasn't in the other one at all. And, and I get to watch more Gal. So, you know, yeah. it's all, it's all going to be, it's going to be a great movie. It's going to be, it can't be. Yeah, I hope so. Be It'll be a popcorn. And then the real one. It can't be. Yeah. That's true. It, can't be it cannot worse. be. Uh, are you going to watch Titans? Kelsey. like the dc series yes. i've already seen most of it i'm um, just waiting for the new season i heard they're putting a third robin in it now so we're gonna have a lot of robins yeah i was gonna say i've heard that the rumblings that uh, it's getting ready to kick back up so yeah you're gonna have they already had uh jason todd and dick grayson but apparently tim drake's joining next season so <laughs> you get all the robins <laughs> almost Why not? Very good. yeah i don't know what else is uh I'm actually gonna be able to watch some movies this year because like, they're coming to HBO. It's like the the King Kong Godzilla movie I think is coming to HBO Max because it's a Warner Brothers flick. So a bunch of Warner Brothers stuff is coming. It's gonna be please uh, yeah. will give me something to do. <laughs> well, it's been great chatting with you guys. Yeah, for yeah. sure. See you next time. <laughs>